Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Button, Season 3, Episode 38. I am your host, Alejandro. With me is a special guest that always knows to answer the bat signal when I shine it in the sky. Hey, man, it's Sebastian from the Single Player Experience here to give you a little bit of that energy to, to talk about the gaming news, to talk about what we've been playing, and to yell, Falcon Punch, just randomly. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if where you're gonna like yell it now sometime in this episode. But yeah, welcome oh, yeah, back, sure. Sebastian. After uh, after losing an episode with you two weeks ago, <laughs> so it's like this, this is technically your third recording with us this month, but it's just yeah. the second one because that went live because of like I addressed last week that I lost that episode and then I had to record one solo because I figured that out like very late and I was not gonna tell you guys, hey, let's come back and re-record the amazing conversation we had. Because that was just not gonna happen. So it was an interesting uh, because I know you do solo stuff. It was my first time doing solo like without anyone to talk about. So it was an interesting challenge. What did you, you think of your first time doing going solo? I th I, just hearing some of the feedback, I think it went really well. And yeah. I, th I think what helped was that it was a very recap-ish episode because I still talked about the state of play and the Nintendo Direct. So I had the list. So I just I needed mm -hmm. to like read kind of like when we sped through it at, at, right at the end of our very long episode. So that, that helped, and I tried to uh, say a lot of what I wanted to say of Starfield again, even though it wasn't not going to be everything that we talked in those two hours. But yeah, it's like now I, I have like better taken care of like for that to not happen again with like Zoom sign outs and all that. And now I understand because the thing is that my Zoom signed out in the middle of a recording. So oh, it didn't no. like register. So, so I have to like keep that in mind if that happens again to just like end a recording before that happens yeah. again. So. But yeah, and, and also, Sebastian, this is our second time recording this week because I went uh, on Tuesday. I recorded uh, over there at the Single Player Experience, a very special episode uh, where we were talking about who we consider are the current kings of the, uh, uh, the, the current developer kings of this generation. And if they yeah. were the same as the two generations prior. And that was a really interesting kind of like mind breaking exercise when we got to yeah. like current to current stuff. It was, it was. We yeah. realized, um, you know, like we realized it's a little early in, in the generation to talk about that. But it's a fun conversation because like it, if it's like one of those things to where if we do this now and then we look back, it, we can kind of see who fumbled the bag, so to speak. Uh -huh. and we also like kept up momentum, you know, that's oh, yeah. it, it, so it was a really cool exercise. Thanks for being on that, that episode. Yeah, it, it was so fun. And then sometime in the future, I'm going to go back and we're going to go do one for Spider-Man, especially with Spider-Man yeah, sure. too. So close in the horizon and then today at this day when we're recording here uh they uh, they're sending now review code for the lucky ones we are season yeah. gaming i didn't get so lucky so <laughs> but i I, I actually just saw season game is actually going to put a request to see if we get it so let's crossing fingers let's hope that with the big happenings at playstation this week we're definitely going to talk about like yeah. maybe that will also shift the people that do pr maybe they're going to be more generous but that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, just, just a reminder that this is the X-Bottom podcast or gaming podcast that posts every Friday from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing, available in the YouTube channel, Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at tinyurl.com slash escapegaming. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. And just to kind of like address with the podcasting, our podcast was also in Google Podcasts. I got an email saying that they're going to eliminate Google Podcasts pretty soon because... Oh, yeah, like, because it's just going to become YouTube podcast or something like that. It's like, yeah. that's going to be merging. So I already have a playlist of these episodes in YouTube. So for everyone that's in Google uh, podcast that 
is listening and you don't want to lose access and all that it's going to become youtube so just uh i'll give you more updates as i hear them it's like i hate losing platforms especially i have good listenership from the google podcast side of things spotify has been really good for me right now and apple podcast so so sebastian uh last time that you were here we talked long about starfield but before we address the starfield tell me about other stuff that you've been playing <laughs> Man, I've been playing um Cyberpunk 2077, um Phantom Me Liberty, too. which mm -hmm. yeah. Um I really like this. I feel like it has a cohesive vision that the original ga game and I, I like the original campaign, but I feel like yeah. this one feels like it is it knows what it wants to be and absolutely goes for it. It's like it a feels spy refined. Thriller. It feels yeah. refined now. Like especially like because the things that I haven't played Phantom Liberty because I confession, I never fully finished uh base Cyberpunk because well, I started I started on PS4, so oh, it's like, I understand. yeah, so it was like, I, I was like, nope, I can't do it. It's like, this is too broken. And even with every patch, I was like, yeah, it's slightly better, but not quite there. It's like, it's choggy. It's like that. It looks horrendous. And uh, eventually it was like, I'll wait until it's on PS5. And then by the time I got on my PS5, I had already moved on. And then I was like, I'll wait for the next gen patch. And then the next gen patch hit the week of Horizon. And I wanted to play Horizon. So I was like, Cyberpunk, you're like, you, you keep like, crashing into in, into yeah. my interest so i can't like give you the time and but i said that phantom liberty was going to be like my big dive back in so i only played 2.0 but just on the 2.0 thing it's so refined but you're playing phantom liberty so yeah i mean i, I went through and played um beforehand to give everyone some background i replayed um the main quest line because they they recommend um you kind of starting over and and then do um yeah. phantom liberty as you as you kind of start over so i did a lot of that and really had a good time um i think my in my original playthrough i was a almost like a pistol whipping a pistol whipping uh, like samurai who also was uh, really good at melee swords and this one i did melee swords who had who like also was really good at punching people so i just eliminated guns all entirely with, with a melee base like so you drop you, 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 you dropped arms pull up you drop guns pull up arms for for this one <laughs> yeah and i and i got like i maxed out like my um uh, like i maxed out all my arms expansions and such like that so like and then i got one of the best arm classes in the game and now i'm like if i if i don't basically like kill you with my sword i can basically one punch you so it's like and I'm you send them flying right man. i think I've, yeah. I, I, yeah, I've been seeing the videos it's insane <laughs> yeah it especially really especially now that the game's more refined because you know where i felt like the biggest like upgrade just on what they've done with 2.0 just in refining the visuals like there used to be like a delay when you're trying to like grab an enemy like in stealth mm -hmm. Like you would hit their hand, and then the, the the enemy would snap back. It would snap the animation, and now it feels like they have corrected all the jank that was that, that was originally there, and see and seeing that now that that's been corrected, how wild they allow you to go with some, with, with some of those builds. Yeah, and, it almost feels like um like this feels like the crew uh, the crew resistance. This feels like the apex of star uh, like cyberpunk right now, mm -hmm. you know. And like you were saying, the animations are crisp, the gameplay is fun, and like uh the story beats hit really hard i i think mm -hmm. everything that they've it took like probably what three years after launch but like uh -huh. they've hit a stride now to where i'm like this is a this is probably what i would consider the premier western rpg right now to play i've been hearing that a lot and especially compared to the other one that we just recently finished it's yeah. like the like even though yes some focus and stuff that the other one didn't at a certain point it's like 
it's not western made. rpgs though, yeah it's still it's, it's exactly it, it's a western rpg and that excuse is kind of like inexcusable seeing like just like the wide gap between yeah. quality and in, in, in quality right now that i'm like yes i may not be able to pick literally everything but the trade-off of this being like one of the most fascinatingly stunning worlds to exist in it's worth the trade-off like yeah, at, sure. at least for me right now especially because uh just to kind of jump into starfield like i finished starfield last week uh, paul uh, talked about his starfield experience last week especially after he couldn't like like people didn't hear him gush about it and then they had to hear him like completely lose steam and he already dropped off on it that it's just like just compare both both games just kind of like a, if we felt like there was an old feeling to starfield it's like tenfold now compared yeah. like with where cyberpunk is even though like uh if we have to like compare like yes this is cyberpunk after three years of refinement this was starfield at the very beginning but i think from a basic technology te- technology thing ignoring the disastrous last gen versions that led to that game being removed from the playstation store at that time like one of the craziest news that ever happened um it's that there, there was just something like technologically like leap forward about cyberpunk that their reach exceeded their grasp initially and now it's kind of like they finally reached what escaped from them now with, with the things that they're handling like um uh, like uh how they rework the uh how can i say this the, the, the skill system that feels more understandable now. I don't. I remember being so lost and trying to like spec my character in the previous one. Now it feels like uh, everything has been reworked to the point that now it feels like a new game for people that played it briefly before and didn't stick with it. Like uh, CDPR's recommendation, like holds true because like everything everything feels so new, so refined that starting over is like it definitely feels like we just just got a new cyberpunk game, even though it's still the yeah. same game. So, and uh, because I haven't played Phantom Liberty because I definitely want to experience the story until the certain point I tell you that then you can like then start playing Phantom Liberty. So I wonder when I'm going to be able to get there. But uh, yeah, it's like I'm pretty impressed with what they've done. And I wonder if it feels even more impressive coming from Starfield. <laughs> so. It does. It really does. Because like, I feel like some of the quality of life things um, I feel like it's more refined in, in Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, I whether you like it or don't but it feels like when i'm comparing it to starfield it feels like cyberpunk was made with the with by developers who are also like playing other rpgs at the time and Mm -hmm. also streamlined uh, took what the work for those rpgs and and mixed that in a little bit with cyberpunk starfield i said this in a previous episode of single player experience podcast it's Mm -hmm. like it feels like it was made in a time bubble yeah like where they didn't play jack where they didn't play jack shit after Mm -hmm. like 2013 where like cyberpunk came out and and you had the ability to use your phone to Mm -hmm. basically like stream and your quests yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly because it makes sense in the world why wouldn't you just call the person that you just did your job with like something that even gta 4 did back in 2008 and then like and and then with bethesda like that is a problem with them because fallout 4 was also built in a vacuum it's like it's so funny that they make their games in bubbles or i mean i I got a question for you like uh do we feel like this is the last point of excuse uh like excuses for for like bethesda for Mm -hmm. to do this like it's not i i get it people still love bethesda games but like this and and people do love and people do love starfield so yeah 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 but i mean can we be honest though like 
the critic reception is mixed for this game it's not necessarily mm-hmm. it's not a 10 out of 10 it's not majority no. and a 9 out of 10 i'm like no and the real truth is that it's somewhere between that 6 and 8 out of 10 i think it's like sitting around the 80s right now 83 on it's right. a it's an 83 on uh on xbox right now and it's on 87 on pc and okay. to be fair like the pc version is superior to the xbox version yeah, that is sure. like that, that's fact i actually got to see it in my brother's computer i'm like yeah it's like it's, it's it feels nice for this game to look as sharp and run as good as it does especially because starfield compared to other bethesda games it's the most stable experience at launch even though it has problems still yeah. technical that the more you play it the more that game collapses because that's the kind of engine they do but i i do feel that uh especially for people that still want to regard bethesda as like this high tier developer that gave us one of the greatest open world rpgs uh, western rpgs back in 2011 with skyrim is that what was the king the who held the crown yeah 13 years or 12 years ago it's like it's not gonna be the same crown after like all the advancements that have been happening and me not playing cyberpunk is like i i wanted to give starfield excuse because like, yeah they're focusing on different things but i'm like man it's like there's such a big difference of being able to seamlessly go through this world versus fast travel central in starfield yeah, or like sure. loading or loading screen central it, to the point that i'm like there is loading that doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah, why do you even have to load? Yeah, why do you even have to load in when you enter your ship? No, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially when then you look outside and everything's been rendered. It's like there, there's just something weird about their engine that it's like by the time whenever we get Elder Scrolls Six in five, six years from now, like we'll be grandpas by that point. Is it? It's like I don't think people will tolerate that anymore. Especially yeah. right now, it feels like. Uh, obviously there's the copian obviously because i can't i kind of talked about this more but i feel it's more stronger now it's like there was definitely a more strong desire for this game to be better than it actually was especially talking about talking about starfield especially because of its gravitas as a xbox exclusive Uh, especially because they don't usually don't have that and this is the the only one that has caught the side guys like 10 million players already that's like big those are big numbers like obviously yeah yeah it's like obviously i mean tears of the kingdom got 12 million in three days but that's nintendo that's a different that's different things different ways it's like this xbox trying to prove themselves at least they got sidegeist excitement out of it but they didn't get the critical uh love or kind of like praise that many other games of similar ilk have gotten obviously everyone has their opinions and i know that a lot of people have really enjoyed just delving outside the story and i don't know if you saw a video of someone that they made like an entire factory like in inside one of the planets that like mines literally every single uh kind of every single resource that you may possibly want is like a complete factory that they made under with with the game's tools so it's like that's kind of cool that the game a lot uh, has that kind of malleability but it doesn't have that polish and the story people kept saying this is the best main quest story bethesda has done and i'm like bullshit yeah no. <laughs> no. i'm like um that's really like over trying to sell me a bill of goods there it's like this is just our fine artifact central to justify a new game plus that is conceptually cool but an execution i don't like so it's yeah. like like the joy that i found was like every other bethesda game in the side stuff like i really enjoyed Ryujin quest even though that was where i felt because you were the one that pointed out to me like the lack of quality of life of like yeah it's like I wish I could just call to just be yeah. like just complete, and that was the, that that was the uh, the side quest uh, that, that really hit hard for you. Really hit hard of like 
go here, go back, go here, go back, go here, go back. And and then on top of that, it was like neon, the place with the most loading. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was, so, so, so it was like, um, it, it, it just like misses on flow. I would say, I would still say that uh, why I still think Starfield is a good game, a game that I really like, is the magical moment of space exploration. Uh, and the, especially in, uh, when it comes to skyboxes, I think even now that I've been removed, I still look fondly about some of those moments where I'm just like chilling in a planet and getting the uh, the sun rising and seeing like the skyboxes and the stars and all that. I'm like, this has always been a dream of mine. I'm like, I'm glad that I got to experience a version of that. But I can't now that I've finished it and all that. It's like when we talk, we actually had this conversation the first time in this month that yeah. you came that you came in. Is this a legit game of the year contender? And I'm like, the only reason why I would see it is just politics at this point. Yeah, now sure. I feel it would be politics just to try to give a bone to the Xbox side, just based on the popularity and the people that champion it that don't that don't give score reviews. But I, I just can't. I like I, I now I, I legit cannot back that because it's like this is a really good game, but I've played way better things this year. And just right now, like, and, and especially with Cyberpunk, I am totally feeling. Uh, like the data is feels even more stronger now. Yeah. Not to say that Starfield is bad because of that, but it's like Cyberpunk is just that much superior. Now it is this version much now. better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much. More, it's, I actually think ba I I here's the thing. Like, mm -hmm. I technical difficulties aside, I think base Cyberpunk it was still better than base Starfield, and the reason why is because I feel like one it still had a lot of features that felt next gen at that time like the mm -hmm. calling people like the actual like the the way like melee and and gunplay works the way mm -hmm. that guns like i haven't felt impressed by any gun in in um starfield like I, it's not the not the way they shoot it's just like all the guns are basically an energy pistol or regular pistol energy rifle regular rifle um assault uh, like uh, like rocket launcher rocket launcher like all of them are 1v1s mm -hmm. like there's nothing special about that but like in cyberpunk you legitimately have a needler style pistol like that basically you can shoot off it towards the direction of an enemy and like they have homing bullets like yeah. they're it like, feels creative it feels it, it feels it creative does. there's like a lack of creativity in a lot of the weaponry in starfield that it's also kind of like the retro futurist like aesthetic kind of like limits them that way but it's yeah. as as, as kind of like just a fun video game. It's like there is just something cool about like the different permutational variety of the things that you can do in Cyberpunk. And this is just even me not having even experienced Phantom Livery that I know has even added things like vehicular combat. Yeah. So. No, it's and, and, and here's the thing. It's like I I think a lot of, of what makes Starfield so special to a lot of people is that fact that there's no other game like that and by mm -hmm. no other game like that i mean like there's no <laughs> other yeah there's no other game that has done space like this uh -huh. it's, it's an open world space game massive and it, is like yeah kind of close but it's not the same yeah yeah this is kind of like just a step about mass effect but it's still very similar kind of like in that similar like segmented area of space exploration it's just like starfield finally like broke the spell for me in a way that of understanding that to be able to get the space grand space opera that you get to go to planets and all of that compromises have to happen and like no man's sky still remains like the purest version of that idea but it's like a very shallow procedural generation version of that idea there's like everything's so seamless how you go to the different planets and all that but what can you really do in those planets it's like it's shallow 
It's like yeah. even with even with everything that they've added to add depth to that game, which I really give a lot of praise to uh, Hello Games doing that because if you remember Launch No Man's Sky, that game was a disaster. Like it was like it was there was nothing. It was like uh, procedural generation. The game like Blade Bear, like mm -hmm. like uh, ocean wide wide span, but kind of like inch deep. That was kind of like what that game was, and they have been able to like add a few more depth, but not even close to adding like a sense of story, like at least Starfield attempts to have in many places whether you like the story or not is it's like yeah. at least that's what starfield does do, do, does do better than uh they know my sky but it comes with those compromises and then we have star citizen that has been in development for 10 years now that that was supposed to give that and it's still not out because it's like trying to do that kind of like the idea like what the perfect space game would be i think is just out of reach for many developers without like smart uh like You're, without like a like a smart uh, I'm gonna say this yeah. compromises. So you're here's gonna the say? thing though, it's like I get that I do get that you know like, but I also think like, and here's and and you might disagree with me with this. Mm -hmm. I think if another studio did this without without being hammered by Bethesda's engine, mm -hmm. I like I think we would actually be amazed at how premium a space game could actually feel like. So like you mentioned, you mentioned like Gorilla earlier mm -hmm. about um like Gorilla during our chats and yep. or like Insomniac and such mm -hmm. of that to where like you would love to see Insomniac do a fresh new IP. Imagine mm -hmm. if Insomniac if they did a space game, <laughs> a space game like this, mm -hmm. like where like Insomniac takes pride in not really having any load screens. Like mm -hmm. you can look at the the last couple of Spider-Man games. There's not really oh, yeah. a lot of loading in those games. You mm -hmm. know. Very minimal. They, and yeah. they make a premium open world game, and I get it. It's like a New York compared to what Starfield is is mm -hmm. a, is different. But I'll also argue that like I would say seventy five percent of what Starfield attempts to be is actually empty. You know, like mm -hmm. there's oh, yeah. most of those worlds you go to are just empty yeah, it's worlds. like yeah, the whole uh, space exploration of like visit all these thousand different planets. That's a big bust because that yeah. is procedural generation. It's like. That, that that just didn't compute with the more handcrafted approach of things. That's why I didn't really engage uh, after after a few times where I just went for sightseeing and picture taking. I didn't really engage with uh, exploring most planets outside of where they were telling me to go because yeah. it was so empty. Because then at a certain point, it's like it's kind of like I tell you, it's like I feel like someone can do uh, what Starfield did like at a better fidelity and like a, and better polish. But I also feel that they would also be smart at limiting the scope to be able to provide that because it's like it, it starfield's attempt to try to do it so wide especially with their uh with their technology it's like that's where you reach reach those limitations and it's not as impressive overall as it could or should have been no and, but imagine um, just imagine like yeah you know, you've seen what uh insomniac game is you also seen what gorilla has done with our rising series imagine what they would do with like like maybe 13 to well let's just put it like this imagine what they would do with like when was skyrim released 2011 2011 okay so horizon uh, the, with the horizon series what gorilla done did with the horizon series it's been how long is how long has it been between those two fir first two games so it was like um horizon series was 2017 and uh five years later was forbidden west imagine what they can do with a, a 10 year gap uh -huh. a 10-year gap where they the got to work games, on yeah. a new ip and uh -huh. actually make a space game do you feel like they do you feel like we would have the same excuses that we also have for bethesda right now 
yeah it's, it's like it's it's harder now especially like that that spell has officially broken for me now it's just seeing a similar game in cyberpunk now like just yeah. technology wise it's like i feel like they give the that because again like the excuses they keep giving Bethesda is that the creation engine is like that because look what the community does. Like for years with mods, and I'm like, that's like, now I'm just gonna say it as like that's justifying laziness. Because exactly. Like, because it's like if someone can mod seamless loading now, in, in two why weeks was after, in two after weeks the after, game, after after the, the game, game release? It's like yeah. if that can happen now, it's like where can the excuses go? Like. Did you like I, I can't justify that anymore and I feel like at, at, at a certain point yeah I do like the idea of allowing uh mods uh, like mod support that to give them give give, give players kind of like uh, some tools that actually make them I've heard of people that through mod making have gone to work at Bethesda because he gives them the tools to kind of like train themselves and I do like that I take more issue with the fact that if the mod community could do basic quality of life this quick I'm like how you could have done it yourself you, you could have, you could have, you could totally done it yourself it's like where is the excuse like your engine can totally do that then yeah like it's it, that, it's like that that's... was on you then that's on mm -hmm. you exactly that's, so it's that, like that's what i was saying in the previous recording mm -hmm. that got lost it's like yeah, yeah that is what what bugs me about like the the aspects that that i feel like they fell short in it's because mm -hmm. like uh, uh, mods to me and you can correct me if i'm wrong but like mm -hmm. mods to me are supposed to be like the icing on the cake yeah it's like yeah. it's supposed to be the de like the sweetener of already a baseline good dessert you know mm -hmm. i yeah. don't think this is a baseline great dessert i think it's a good game i still think it's a uh -huh. good game i just oh, yeah. don't think i i see so much like i think it's a little more closer to six uh six out of ten than a yeah. ten out of ten if that makes oh, yeah. sense i i would say i still say 7.5 would be mine i was like at an eight for a while and then finishing kind of like dropping into the sevens for me because mm -hmm. i still say I, I still say six is harsh because it's like it's still there's still a lot that i really really liked about the game yeah. but far far from like a ten out of ten. like i'm like yeah. as far far off from like the anyone attempting to tell me that this is like superior like like a superior gaming experiences or one of the best things in this year even uh mr matty plays big bethesda fan he did a recent uh for a recent sacred symbol slash defining duke crossover episodes that they usually do once a month uh for paid patreon subscribers uh yeah they uh he recently mentioned that he was like yeah this is like my least favorite from bethesda's games outside of 76 like 76 he said that can go die in a trash or for all he cares but it's like yeah yes yeah, like this 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 doesn't fill me with the same uh feelings that uh, that skyrim oblivion or fallout did even though i still like it but i feel like uh, he even said it's like the more i played it and the more i started like diving into the side quests and the main quests and doing those back to back and back to back and realizing how much the experience was compromised because of the technology they used i liked it less and that's really where it put into my, my words is the more i experienced it that way that's when i knew that something was compromised and then cyberpunk just clinch and be like this is what seamlessness and feels like yeah beautiful and beauty on top of that feels like especially because remember i'm i'm not not one that harps too much into graphical fidelity because i'm not like look i, I love tears of the kingdom and that game is like way inferior technically than oh, yeah. that that many games that came out this year but it's like to me sometimes game design can like move forward where starfield falls short is that i don't feel it's game design is revolutionary in the slightest it does no. feel old 
Whereas in Zelda, I did feel like it was like some of what they're attempting to do is at such limited hardware. It's like this pretty impressive, all things considered. With Starfield, had way less excuses for that. And and on top of that, the game, as stable as it was for 50 hours afterwards, it started diminishing. And for for and for poor Paul, it crumbled. No load, like 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 uh, freaking uh, New Atlantis would not load. He will load in and like everything will like the, the entire geometry disappear and all the NPCs started falling from the geometry. It's like it's, it's things like that. I'm like, yeah, this is like this is not it. This is not it. Like, was he playing on PC by the way? No, uh, Xbox curiosity? Series S. Xbox Series oh, okay. S. So me and me and me and him played it on Series S. Um, okay. I did try the PC version because I just wanted to see play the hypotheticals in my mind because I knew that, uh, I have a laptop with a 2060 RTX. Okay. That that's how I played Halo Infinite in 2021, and that's how I played Forza and Psychonauts. It played them fine with low yeah. specs and all that. So I kind of wanted to see how the PC version would have been, and I'm like, yeah, this works fine. Like, I can at least run the frame rate 10 frames higher than on Series S, but I'm happy with how it looks on Series S. I feel they did a really good job for that for that platform for the most part because now we know that's the most. Do, do, do you hear about all the leaks that happened with Xbox last week that their entire plans just leaked by, yeah, by, by accident? Sure. Because, yeah, so one of those documents revealed that apparently it is a 75 to 25 percent split between who owns a Series X and an S. The S is that much more of a big and bigger. It's popular. Base. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no shit, it is like yeah. 299. Like. In Why this economy, it be? means in a this whole economy. lot. Exactly. So, I'm glad that at least because I've been like worried this year because especially when I played Wild Hearts earlier this year, I, I did the trial that they get through mm -hmm. Game Pass. I played it through Series S and it looked so grimy and it was not running well that I got terrified. I was like, "Crap, is this finally the time where I'm like, the illusion of finally getting to, uh, to stay in the Xbox ecosystem through a Series S kind of like starts fading away?" And then I played Atomic Heart and. It was like it was running well until a certain point. It was look, looking blurry. I was like, oh, "This is kind of scary." But then, uh, Lies of P worked beautifully on, mm -hmm. on on the Series S. Payday Three worked really well on the Series S. All things considered, that's where I reviewed it. I reviewed it Finder, and yeah. I was able to finish Starfield. It got the uh, to me like it didn't crumble like Pulse, but endless loading screens started happening more. Crashes started happening more. So it was like I started feeling the instability where I was in. So I was glad that I dropped off. And finish the game when I did, and I was like, "I'm I'm good for now. I enjoyed the experience, but yeah, it's like this is, I'll, this is this will be funny to me. Starfield is a sandwich with very shitty bread, but really good meat. <laughs> okay. Shitty bread, shitty bread because the beginning hours of this game were rough. You came in in those early hours and you were not feeling it. Remember when I was telling you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was the bread." Then to me, hours 20 to 50, when I was enjoying this game, that was when I was like, oh, I get it. That was when we were recorded, that long episode we lost. And that was very, like, more positive about some of the things that I was seeing. And then near the end, was reaching the bread again. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so, so it was like, th there is a really amazing 20 to 50 hour period of this game right before it just falls off for me. That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> so. I Okay, so, like... Um, here's uh, here's a weird thing, and I, I don't know if you're gonna relate to this mm -hmm. or not, but like, I'm a uh, I, I am a for better or for worse, I play NBA 2K every year. Uh -huh. Like, I don't play, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a VC player. Though, so everyone, don't don't come at me. I'm like, yeah. I play the my league like it is mm -hmm. my religion, basically. That's yeah. that's my chill and relax game. Um, 
usually usually mm-hmm. like i always gravitate back to it my to brother it. does the same thing my brother yeah. exactly does the same thing i think so I, i know what you mean i've seen it so. yeah so i'm like i don't i don't spend money outside of buying the game but um but i do say that like i know that that is a premium experience on the court but everything outside the court feels janky yeah. if, that, if that makes sense and mm-hmm. i have never felt another triple a game give me that nba 2k feeling to where like, like I can't, I, yeah like starfield <laughs> i couldn't stop playing yeah. i couldn't stop playing but yet at the same point too i was disgusted by what i was playing yeah It's it was like, like it was a tug and pull in the certain points that you were like really mesmerized by it then something would happen or you would start thinking about it that oh, then yeah. it's like it, it really was a push and pull with me for this game so many so many times i don't know if i mentioned the crimson fleet uh quest Uh, yeah. That is like a double agent thing. Like I stayed until 2 a.m. finishing that thing because I was actually enthralled with the idea of like. Oh, that's cool. I, I, so, so it was like there were moments, and then there were other times where I was staring at the screen. I'm like, do I want to play today? So I had that, and and that and it was like it's it's crazy that that game gave me the endless nights with a game like I did earlier this year with something like Tears of the Kingdom at specific points, and then other times I just didn't want to play it. Whereas with Zelda, I couldn't stop playing. Then that's why I knew it's like, yeah, there's something not entirely right. And I think you kind of nail it. It's like, I think there's something really good at the core, but there's so much yank outside that so many people are excusing, but there's some there's gonna be some people that are just not gonna like accept it anymore based on the on the times that we are. And I tend to be more forgiving in some aspects, kind of like I mentioned, I'm not a fidelity first gamer. Yeah, but sure. I feel at a certain for, at a certain point I think I feel Starfield pushes its luck. In in, in 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 that sense and through that that's why i said like yeah this is a really good game if you have game pass definitely check it out like why wouldn't you if you have game pass oh, yeah. like yeah like def- sure. definitely check it out um uh, this is our just our, how we feel this is an interesting spread of opinions that i've seen with this game like very very interesting it's just so funny that i swung between both sides like like you know <laughs> and, and thanks to that sandwich <laughs> so but yes yeah, I, like, i think not- it's a pendulum swing for real mm-hmm. yeah you're right Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I I'm glad for his success because I feel like Xbox needs that because I want competition, like legit competition. That's not just them swallowing the industry. I want them to be like the actual product that they're putting out is like standing on its two, uh, like uh, within its own shoulders against the titans around them. And definitely, at least from monetary success, I feel at least it had that hype. But I really hope that Xbox has. Whatever else was us next, like, can hit more in the quality level at the very least, because uh, I, f- I feel like definitely there was more importance put to Starfield than it actually delivered, like critically. But oh, yeah, for it, sure. it, but, but but again, it's like that's just me. Like, uh, there's so many people again. The the guy that spent hours creating a factory inside a cave of of, of a planet now has like it's like fully functional and all that. There is some certain impressive aspects that I'm like, yeah, I can see why some people are like su- super mesmerized by it, by this. But I was at a certain point. So let me ask you a question, and the, and I'm and I'm so curious about your answer here. Mm-hmm. Like, um, all right. So if you were doing a tier list of like. Mm-hmm. Nintendo uh, of Nintendo IPs right now. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you say Mario's S tier, right? Yeah. You would probably say like Zelda. Mario Zelda S tier. Mario Zelda's S tier. You could probably say like your A tier would be I don't know what what would you say Metroid. your A tier would be? Metroid, Metroid would be would be uh, A tier and then also Smash would be A tier. Smash and Metroid, maybe uh-huh. Mario Kart, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so to me personally, it would be B just because I'm not much of a racing but but the quality of Mario Kart would put it like an A status in a okay. way, and also yeah. as, a, as a massive seller. Yeah, uh, and then okay, so then you have your your pigments, fire emblems, and all that uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, that yeah that's more C? B. Yeah, uh, pigment I would put more as a C personally. Okay. Uh, just out of interest, even though I don't think the quality is C level. In fact, I forgot Xenoblade. Xenoblade would be an A. I would put Mario Kart at a B. <laughs> because Xenoblade, like the Xenoblade Chronicles, that's a Nintendo thing. So, uh, in the Zeitgeist, though, do you, uh, oh, yeah. do you oh, feel yeah. like if, it's an A? Or, uh, oh, yeah. No, Xenoblade, I think, is more B inside, guys. If we're talking okay. Zeitgeist, yes. Okay. Okay. So, if we're talking about Zeitgeist and such mm -hmm. like that, like, and Zeitgeist in quality, like actual mm -hmm. game quality. Yeah. If, if Starfield was a Nintendo IP, where would it fall? As it is currently C. As it like, is currently, yeah. you think it's a C? Yeah, like it's beneath, beneath all of that. Just some, it's way jankier than a lot of like their more premium, uh, premium tier stuff. And if someone could even make the argument, maybe D. Like just, just, yeah. just, just, yeah, like based that's on like, my, um, yeah, <laughs> that's your, that's your thoughts. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at here. It's uh -huh. like I, I don't necessarily know. I think if. I and here's the thing you correct me if you, you think I'm wrong here but like Xbox needed this win and Xbox got a win but it's a it's kind of a hollow win I'll yeah. consider exactly it's but, like a half it's like a half win it's like yeah. is the side guys like everyone's talking about this game kind of win but it's like compared to the two previous side guys just last year and this year Elden Ring on top of like being a critical massive success just kind of like the conversations around it where, where there was like disbelief at some of the things that people were seeing and experiencing and like there's this swell the, the, the swelling love people had for that game and then even Tears of the Kingdom everyone was like this is insane like what this game allows you to do and all that it's like the conversation inside guys of Starfield is completely different it's not even remotely the same caliber as a Zelda and Elden Ring or even Baldur's Gate the month before do you think it's of the same quality as those? No. Either though. No. Yeah, so not even. So, so, so that's why that's, that's the thing. It's like it attempted the side guys that everyone is talking the same amount about that game, kind of like the other ones. But the conversations around them, if you look at what the conversations are, is like way, way more divided. And there's a lot of there's a lot of man, this is incredible, exactly what I wanted. There's a lot of like this is crap. It's like what are people talking about? It's like look at this janky shit or something, things like that. So it's like it has side guys, but the conversation is definitely not like the hundred percent positivity that even skyrim was back then which by the way like that's ignoring the ps3 problems of skyrim that yeah. a lot of people very conveniently try to like cut the ps3 version from any conversation and while still trying to give uh, bethesda kind of like its flowers in 2011 so I, I, and right and i want to make this clear everyone like mm -hmm. i starfield is probably my if not my most played game this year probably in mm -hmm. the top three easily yeah. mm -hmm. uh, but I don't I don't necessarily know if Starfield is as great as we kind of imagine it should mm -hmm. uh, as it should have been one and then uh -huh. as two as what a lot of people proclaim it to be because yeah. like if this was a PlayStation IP would mm -hmm. this be play if this, uh, and I'm not trying to fan yeah. the, the war mm -hmm. here I'm just trying mm -hmm. to say objectively speaking if this was a PlayStation IP would this be another days gone I personally like it. I personally like it better than Days Gone personally, but uh, it's definitely kind of like Days Gone is considered like with everything that Sony released that generation, especially being put as like a big thing. Days yeah. Gone was definitely kind of like in lower tier. The thing is that where it, it eh, what's funny, 
it's like that would be like D tier PlayStation, but this is like B tier Xbox, if you know what that's, I mean. That's the thing. Yeah, I think the it, scale actually, is different. Yeah, the scale is different because of th that's where they are they're currently at. Like you got like something like Halo Infinite that started in A tier and dropped to a C to me because of, of, of how like quickly that unraveled for them. They only have one legit S tier franchise in Forza Horizon specifically. Yeah. yeah Gears of War has been like so dark. It was like they only had two Gears games in the last generation. And they were just like more Gears of War. And that felt more like what used to be an S tier, A tier franchise in the 360 era could considerably still be like a very A minus, maybe B plus franchise based on like how those games hit and just being your dreaded more of the same like iterative sequel. <laughs> so, Would you be excited for a Gears of War announcement right now? Kind of, because it's like it's been five years. Since... If, it, if they announced Gear 6, would you be excited? Yeah, because I enjoyed 5. That's the thing. I, I, I enjoyed I, 5, I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed 5 a lot. Especially I enjoyed 5 way more than 4. 4 was very... Kind of came and went for me. Uh, as like, oh yeah, this is the Force Awakens of Gears of War. It's like, it feels like I'm... I'm reliving the greatest sense of the original. That's kind of cool because it's like, you need a Force Awakens to prove that a new creative team can do the old thing. So they have, you yeah. gotta like do something similar before venturing off to do your own thing. And that's where I feel Gears 5 succeeded a little bit. But the, the thing is that they succeeded, but it's still more Gears of War. And at a time where that is no longer the side guys after, because the side guys was Gears of War 3 in 2011, when the original trilogy ended. So it's like, I would enjoy it just from personal because I do enjoy Gears and it's been mm -hmm. now for four to five years i like my long gaps sometimes it's between, between sequels yeah. because it makes me miss it a little bit but i don't think it would be like oh yeah gears of war 6 is gonna be this uh everyone crumble in fear for what they're about to do and all that i don't feel it gears is no longer that unless it's like a massive reinvention but then at that point it's like is it still gears is it still gears <laughs> so so that, uh, the reason why i ask is because mm -hmm. like I, uh, let's get to the bigger conversation here. Mm -hmm. Like Xbox needed Starfield to be a game of the generation and also mm -hmm. like a turning of the tide. Yeah. Do you feel like they accomplished that with Starfield? Yeah. Critically, no. Not even close. Okay. From people paying attention to their uh, to their platform, slightly. I would say because it's like it did move. Like it, 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 it did move kind of like conversations. So it's like we know mm -hmm. that they, they, they still have some capability of like at least steering conversation around their game. It's just that they needed to be like a really beloved thing that doesn't have as many qualms. Or even something like, for example, like going back to something like Ragnarok last year that was like super praised and all that. A lot of like how they were trying to like attack that game for was kind of like, yes, yeah, like it's just more God of War. It's just more of this and blah, 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 blah and all of that. So, but it was yeah. like, but, but it was like, it's commercial and critical success and awards that it won not game of the year but all the ancillary awards that it won around it it's like it was still it was still it was still able to withstand and be a moment in that year even even though it wasn't like a long-lasting moment it's like we talked about it actually we talked about it in our in the episode that i did this week with you that it's like yeah. ragnarok was really great but it's like it didn't like you didn't you don't feel its hold like 2018 had that a lot of people kept talking about that game years after after its release and its impact and things like that so i feel i feel starfield like definitely uh there's more against it than even something like ragnarok last year even though they're like completely different games it's yeah, just that 
this they also have like expectations that are different mm-hmm. too because exactly like, yeah god of war didn't necessarily need to be this big um turn to the tide moment yeah. for uh-huh. for for playstation it didn't need yeah. that like yeah he just and, needed to be another great exclusive in a list of exclusives and yeah, That's the so difference. yeah yeah so i'm like what so with starfield though it felt like after uh, a whole xbox one generation that kind mm-hmm. of came went and it was yeah. a you they had just nothing. say it's a dud they it was a nothing. dud of a generation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the first two years, the only real exclusive that you had that anyone gave note to was a f- racing game. And yeah. well, I get it's a race. It was a top two racing game. It's yeah, still and then at the same, it's still a racing game. On top of that, during the Dodge generation that was the Xbox One, those mm-hmm. were the only exclusives that were notable, like so, Forza Horizon. So it was like it was another Forza Horizon. So it's like their win. They're then giving IGN, uh, IGN giving them the game of the their game of the year award on 2021. Yeah. That felt that that was like it still felt a little hollow because it was still like still stuck in the old ways when everyone has been wanting Xbox to turn that because it was like that the classic Xbox thing of how can I say this the burger fries and shake it's yeah, a trifecta sure. it was Halo Gears and Forza yeah Forza Five amazing still Forza. Halo yeah. Infinite, a return to form after Halo 5, still Halo. Mm-hmm. So it's like Starfield uh, definitely felt more like a, okay, this can finally be something outside the burgers, uh, the burger, fries, and shake combo you know from us. And I would say it was an imperfect first step because at the very least, people noticed. And the big question is, will that energy carry forward with Elder Scrolls 6? Now a more established uh, franchise. That has been but, dormant but, for twelve years. But have you have they rectified enough to do to write the ship, or do are we still asking the Trido true question of like when's and when's Xbox going to have all the dominoes fall? Uh, no. Are we waiting for Elder Scrolls Six to be that no. that game though? Yeah, to, no. To write I feel the like ship? yeah, I feel like right now like what they like, what they gotta focus now on uh, at the showcase they dated just a year. A couple games for 2024 avowed hellblade 2 potentially fable okay Any i feel like yeah feel like game of the year contenders to you i feel fable could uh-huh if playground games like uh what they were able to do with 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 forza horizon 5 they take the, their dev and tech expertise and bring it over to fable and, I, I like that i like yeah that. and hellblade 2 is like the hellblade is as closest Xbox has to do the what Lord Cognito of the Iron Lords podcast lo- loves to say, the hashtag just one. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and what he refers to, like he, he refers to that as the games that are the over the shoulder third person action adventure games, uh, heavy on storytelling and all of that. Yeah. Um, I feel like right now Hellblade needs a better demo, like at least to show like what the moment to moment gameplay will be because. We have had one gameplay demo, just the Senwa just walking into like a big Titan and walking away from that. We haven't seen like. Do you ever play Hellblade One by any chance? I played a little bit. I wasn't I wasn't drawn enough to continue, um, and it didn't take me away from all the other stuff I was reviewing at the time. I think was the problem. Yeah, so that was all the way back in 2017. So it's like that 2017, a crazy year too. Yeah. Hellblade Two, Hellblade One was really good. I actually do like do did enjoy the really like the story that it was t- telling, especially how they were telling it, and how it was dealing with like the mental health deterioration mm-hmm. of its main character and how that was being tied to the Norse mythology and the combat one on one like simplicity had some appeal, 
but it was a more like the filmic nature of that game that was like very impressive considering it was an indie game because that was a game self-published by ninja theory uh they wanted to prove that we can make indie it was kind of like what we we're talking about unreal engine 5 how yeah. that feels like a good tool to make a lot of indie games at least make their games look like appealing to the people that don't give a crap about indie games they're yeah, wrong for, sure. for that but some people just like that their games to look like super high budget yeah hellblade was kind of like that for unreal engine 4 back then and then them wanting to prove hey we can do like a triple a game like style game but it's like indie it's just by us not funded by everyone and that's where I, why microsoft acquired them because they were very impressed with what they could do and they kind of needed that kind of game because they don't do that kind of game it's yeah. just that I feel like the Hellblade 2, if all the time and money that they've been giving in the game, that game, remember, Hellblade 2 is the first game we saw for the Xbox Series X. When they announced the Series X at the Game Awards in 2019, it was with the trailer for Hellblade 2. It's Hellblade been what? Hellblade 2 is um, um, Xbox's goodbye volcano high at this point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's been that long, literally, since, the, since that game has been uh, like announced and percolating. It has yeah. had a way longer depth cycle than Hellblade 1 did. They're mm -hmm. obviously putting a lot of money into it. And it's definitely from graphical fidelity. It's like their most photorealistic game that we know of coming. Like, based yeah. on the games that we know that they have announced. If it hits, and it can be like in that level of like what we expect from like a Sony game that does. They do third-person action-adventure story-based game. Like, it's, like, like every like, like that's basically all the Sony does. So, so, so it's like, and it's we know like what... It, we know what that kind of uh, what a great one of those looks like and we know what a great one of those can do to earn like top accolades if Hell it, Hellblade could get there but I haven't seen everything that can prove that they'll be able to other than visuals is um is Hellblade more comparable to a Last of Us yeah. or Alan Wake I would say more like an Alan Wake I mean no no sorry like a Last of Us it's definitely asp aspiring more towards that just than like visual um in visual presentation alone i would put it more in the last of us territory so as far as the story though i mean isn't yeah. it more like a psychedelic like horror almost yeah okay i see what i mean yeah alan wake -ish. You know what I mean? yeah yeah alan wake ish but it's not quite horror it's just kind of like it definitely has startling imagery based okay. on like uh, on, on, on based on some of the way that they're like portraying the nordic side of mythology yeah so, so that that's why i'm asking because i'm like I'm I'm wondering here. I'm like because I think like Alan Wake is a great game that's coming out in a couple of weeks as of this yeah. recording. But Alan Wake is a game that's uh, like I, I think you maybe you debate this with me, but like I think Alan Wake has a smaller market value share than a game like The Last of Us. Oh yeah, because For sure, right? Yes, because The Last of Us, uh, especially the re the original one, was like. A tie chain, it was like an industry changing moment, uh, yeah. And, uh, but, it, but that type of what, even then, like The Last of Us, you know, it's like even though it's different, it has some uncharted flair to it, it almost has like an action adventure kind mm -hmm. of vibe to it, even though it has some horrific moments. Like Alan Wake, and I would you, you've played more Hellblade than I have, kind of it feel more towards that suspenseful thriller mm -hmm. horror type genre which you know like has a market but it's yeah. not a mainstream market you know yeah it's it's murky is that is it's, it's definitely kind of like a murky thing because um alan wake is, it... is definitely yeah because the thing is that i would say that alan wake especially the remedies of the developer 
they have more Naughty Dog sensibilities that they get that they get given credit for, especially going all the way back to Max Payne one and two. That they, that that was even way before Uncharted. Like why the Naughty Dog style of game like was like more impactful was because it hit with a cinematic flair that Remedy was trying to get to. That Naughty Dog kind of like got there first, and especially with Alan Wake two coming soon. It's like the first Alan Wake game was an action game with a horror stint. This new one is a survival horror game. It, 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 taking a lot of the things that they've learned cinematically since like uh, Quantum Break and Control and things like that. So they, it's kind of like different. And right now, like there's a lot of hype that Alan Wake is receiving from like a lot of preview coverage that I saw two days ago, actually. Yeah, so that yeah. a lot of people that a lot of people got to play for like three for, for like three hours and even someone like Skill Up was saying that that's his most anticipated game for the rest of the year. That's including Spider-Man. So that tells you a lot that they impress that, that they what they've shown of that game that for the people that played it could make Alan Wake two like a breakout that Alan Wake one wasn't. So I, I, that's there's like always a... that there, there's always that that chance that yeah one of these games can be like a breakout. Like Hellblade one wasn't like this breakout hit. It was just a really interesting game that yeah. came out in 2017. Now a sequel that has Microsoft's backing. Uh, could be like a blowout, especially the word of mouth is really good. So, I, but I, heading, I'll, it, uh, I'll go, go ahead. Yeah, but it's like that's just saying hypothetical, just based on the things that the games that we've seen being rewarded before. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to depend I was just a lot about on genres more so than yeah. anything else. Like, I think there's um, like certain genres obviously do better than other genres mm-hmm. in, in this industry, right? So, yeah. like, it, it seems like you know, like I think. Alan Wake 2 is going to be a fantastic game based on all all we're hearing about it. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm What I am thinking is it's like, I think there's a certain reason why, like, there are only a couple of studios that are in the AAA landscape that do the games like Dead mm-hmm. Space and, and uh-huh. Keystone Protocol and stuff like that because, like, there's only so much market share that those games kind of take up, right? Like, mm-hmm. survival horror games has a big audience. It's just not quite uh, Uncharted Last of Us audience, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, the last of us is like a weird outlier that it was that successful. Yeah, yeah like 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 weird weird outlier. But hence why I feel like something like Hellblade 2, especially position like it is, because that's the thing, like Hellblade 1 was just like a random indie game that came out the same week as Uncharted The Lost Legacy and Sonic Mania. It was just yeah. one of like the one of those like many games, and it was originally just exclusive to PlayStation because PlayStation was easier to do self-publishing uh, back then. Now it's like they are positioning this sequel as like a big deal one of those kind of games and mm-hmm. it depends on seeing if it actually hits and just on visual alone i feel that could be like the one that can bring the snobby the, the snobby the, 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 the snob people that love their visual fidelity yeah into like to to really pay attention like in a way that obviously that was not starfield's intent no. but there's like something to be said like especially now with Fan- with phantom liberty like how much that can really be attractive to many people again not my not my focus but so many people do focus on that i feel hellblade yeah. could be that game for xbox and especially because they have so many with ga- game pass alone with ga- with xbox is like an interesting proposition and it will remain an interesting proposition for them just like uh is that enough for like side guys change one would think it's so funny that the numbers don't uh reflect that or who's still the market leader by just inertia, I would say. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it's like, yeah, I think Starfield at least brought the eyes into Xbox. Is it the win? No. I think no one can like legit say that it was the win that f- fully changes the tide. And at the very least, it's, 
what Xbox has been saying is like they see Starfield as like the beginning, restarting the cadence they lost because they had a cadence in 2021 from uh, Flight Sim, Psychonauts 2, uh, Age of Empires 4, then releasing Deathloop exclusive over there, but that's still a game yeah. that's under them. But and and uh, then Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite that was like just the last four months of 2021. At that point, it was like with everyone, everything Xbox has, and look at the quality of something like Flight Sim or even Psychonauts and even Forza Horizon. And the initial reactions to Halo Infinite is like they even won the publisher of the year in 2021. Everyone was like, Yeah, it's like they're they got that cadence now. It's like they come here to fight now, and then 2022 happened. So it's like, and we saw emails, and Microsoft says that this was a disaster of epic proportions uh, that we're gonna go 16 months between like big releases. It's like, that's unacceptable. And they even said of like them trying to delay stuff to finally get a cadence going. I would say to give Xbox credit, they did get a cadence going this year. Did all of them hit? I mean, Hi-Fi Rush, yes. Especially in the, in the surprise factor. Minecraft Legends, Redfall, no. Uh, I, Starfield, yes, but it's not a yes. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not it's a like, groundbreaking victory. It's, it's not a groundbreaking victory, but a victory nonetheless. Like yeah. with them, that they need wins, they gotta win. It's just not a decide. It's not a flawless victory. As Mortal yeah. Kombat one, as Mortal Kombat would say. And then for have Motorsport, I would be shocked if it's not a big. Like, and that's coming soon. Okay, let me ask you though, like not uh, like you've been you've been a fan of this industry and covering this industry for a while now. Like, mm -hmm. not all victories are made equal, right? So no. I'm like, no. So and. And I look and the one of the reasons why I brought up the genre thing earlier is mm -hmm. because like a part of the reason why a lot of people had even though where are the games argument mm -hmm. wasn't just because of the drought of the 16 uh -huh. months. It was also like Flight Sim. Uh -huh. Okay, that's mm -hmm. uh, okay. That's it's exactly. a good quality game, but I'm like that's not system seller, yeah. right? I'm of the opinion that I'll say this. I guess they won Publisher of the Year in 2021. I feel that was a very overrated award that they gave them because yeah. it's like the only game out of those that I felt was like a surprise in how good it was was actually Psychonauts 2 especially yeah. how long it had been in development and all that I thought that was a really great platformer but Flight Sim was just the console port of the Flight Sim game that came out in 2020 Age of yes. Empires was just another Age of Empires and Force and Halo was just Force and Halo it was again the burger the burger fries and shake situation so a lot of people, I I I I stand by this. Them them winning publisher of the year was just I feel the industry trying to give them a win after because they had been desperately needed, especially in a year where Sony went extra quiet in that period. So I felt like yeah. it, they just they just they they just uh, because it was like all those things happened after Keen and Breach of Spirits. That was the last thing that Sony put out, and then they went an entire fall without anything. We had to wait until Horizon. But who then won in twenty twenty two the publisher of the year award? Sony. But then when you see the games that they put out, uh, for, uh, Horizon, for, for, for Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 07, The Last of Us Part 1, uh, God of War Ragnarok, just on Ragnarok and Horizon alone, just on quality alone, I feel those games are superior to any of those 2021 Microsoft Publisher of the Year Award games. That's just me. Like, yeah. And, and even I say that as someone that I... Already said my things that Ragnarok hasn't stuck with me before. Like I can objectively say that at the very least, it's like it's very different. 
So and I think the numbers of mm-hmm. console sales would kind of reflect your thoughts on that. Yeah. Too. It's not just oh, yeah. your opinion. It's, it's <laughs> exactly. Design, it's, it's exactly. Guys, you know? Exactly. So, and it's like the Sony, like what's been happening with Sony is just so interestingly frustrating because they're doing better than ever. Yeah. Sentiment towards the brand. I can't think of worse sentiment towards them. Also, it's how do those how are those both both of those things true? Where the sentiment, especially online, but I'll say this, online is not real life. I have to remember that. Kind of like online mm-hmm. may not be like real life, but it's just so interesting because it's like they're doing the best they've ever been. Well, online is a, a online could be a reflection of real life though. Like you know, like sometimes yeah. You sometimes, look on yeah. you look on X. What games are people talking about? And that uh-huh. kind of can give you a, a thought process mm-hmm. of like a lot of the times. Let's be real here, like. Uh, like that reflection that we're, that I'm just talking about, like it can impact the game of the year. That could be oh, the yeah. the Elden Rings of the world. Because yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. you can whether or not you like Elden Ring or don't. It's like that you can't deny that Elden Ring got a big boost based on like it's social the word media of mouth. Presence, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Social media and word of mouth was like what elevated already a critical darling into like such a side guys hit. Because yeah. we've seen so many games that are critical hits that bomb, mm-hmm. and it sucks sometimes. But that helps. But then also kind of like just a reflection of like a general sentiment. Sometimes like online doesn't represent general public because I tell you like the negative sentiment I see towards PlayStation often when I go to to Twitter slash X. Yeah. I don't see it reflected in the sales. Because no, for sure not. Ex- exactly. So that's what's so crazy because it's like it's insane that they can be weathering like the audience contempt they feel towards, especially like I feel like sentiment towards playstation really turns sour with that showcase the one that we reacted to i feel that was that, that was like a moment where i feel like the the claxons of negativity like really rose for for that yeah. brand not reflected that. not reflected at all with who is the best selling system this year so playstation is selling even more systems this year even the last year was when they were actually putting out games like this year the only first party game that you're putting out like on console is spider-man yeah. The rest of exclusives, the other ones, were BR titles like Call of the Mountain, and then third-party exclusives like Forspoken, which was a dud, and mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 16, which is still my favorite game that I played this year, but third-party exclusives. There's not even... So they literally have sat in their laurels just relying on the fact that Spider-Man was going to come out this year, and they're selling more. I don't understand. It's, it's insane that the strength of PlayStation's brand that yeah, they built, it, right? They, they really built a really solid foundation that, like, that they're this successful. And it's, like, something that Xbox, it's still in that process. It's, like, unfortunately, like, as much as the Xbox fanboys that you see online want to, like, pretend, it's, like, Xbox is still close. building. That, yeah, it's not even close. They're still building that foundation. I would say at least Starfield, if, especially now, they, they get the cadence right, everything that they say that they're releasing, they're actually releasing. And they were saying, yeah, Starfield should prove at the point then now Starfield is like, yeah, it built the base, but I, the other I just wish it, it was a better foundation. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. It's like it, it, again, it's not a sturdy foundation. It is a foundation. It's yeah. anything else. Everything else comes that comes after this. The avows, the avows, the fables, the uh, the Hellblade twos, the Clockwork Revolutions. Uh, some of the games that we saw announced in the, in, in their last showcase, they gotta be like the critical hits, so that. Yeah. The monetary kind of like side guys foundation that Starfield set is built upon strongly. That then they, it can it can be seen as like yeah they're finally like 
in fighting shape. But then, like, you have things like Phil Spencer at that kind of funny interview being like, Starfield could be at 11 out of 10 and it wouldn't change anything. It's so funny. He sandbagged the game back then. He knew. When you think about that, he knew. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with him because uh -huh. I'm like, if Starfield was an Elden Ring, that could change everything for them, mm -hmm. you know? Like, yeah. That is a foundation that I'm like, yeah. man, I'm excited to be an Xbox owner. I'm excited to see yeah. what to have to come because they're and dropping I feel like, like And I feel like we, we, we got to talk about objective uh, objective facts now. Yeah. Maybe it's like, it shows us that all the money in the world can buy quality. No, it, no. And, if, and, and, and I feel that's like just, that just, it, that's just factual. That it's like, yes, they have spent all this amount of money in studios, but it's like, it doesn't replace talent. And it just goes to show you, like, the games that have been the side guys, both commercially and critically, it's a reflection of the talent in bulk. And, and again, it's like, it's kind of like a sports team that bites all the big stars. Like, I follow the the soccer, like, in Europe. Like, there's this, like, French team that is called, it's the uh, Paris Saint-Germain that has both Lionel Messi, it had uh, Neymar, and they had Mbappé. The top, current top talent in football, like, in soccer. Yeah, do they win? Sure. No. <laughs> sometimes That's money crazy, can break. It's so crazy, right? It's like sometimes, yeah, it, that plays out everywhere. It's like money can't buy quality and talent, like at all. Like, or when you think, like, just bringing. And it's so funny, like Xbox had an equivalent of Paris Saint Germain when they did the initiative, and they yeah. brought in Drew Murray from Insomniac, all these people for like top talent from everywhere. They couldn't get anything together, and everyone left. So it's like it takes more. It's like the cult the development culture over on xbox it's um people have to really see that it's like yeah it's like not in that level that everyone wants or pretends the other two competitors are and i say that as someone that owns all of them and i criticize Same. all three of them equally in this show i have blasted like I, I mainly play on playstation i don't think i've talked more shit of any company i've been covering like since i restarted this show in 2021 than sony so it's like but if you, I, I, I can see like who does the good things and who's been doing the bad things. And yeah, for sure. I definitely, and I definitely can't wait to talk about PlayStation recently, especially after breaking news that had me grinning like a like the Cheshire Cat. So what is, what is the breaking news, man? Press X. Press X for the news. Story number one, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan is stepping down. <laughs> so, oh. Sony Interactive tell me all about this. I yes. I'm curious. Yes. So, Sony Interactive Entertainment SIE today announced that SIE president and CEO Jim Ryan has made the decision to retire in March 2024 after almost 30 years with the PlayStation business. Sony said in a statement on Wednesday. The story by Andy Robinson from BGC. Um, to, to, to support Mr. Ryan and his transition, Sony Group Corporation President COO and CFO Hiroki Totoki will assume the role of chairman of SIE effective October 2023. Effective April 1st, 2024, Mr. Totoki will be appointed interim CEO of SIE while he continues his current role as Sony Group Corporation. Mr. Totoki will work closely with Sony Group Corporation Chairman and CEO Kenishiro Yoshida and the management team of SIE to help define the next chapter of PlayStation's future, including the succession of the SIE CEO role. In his own statement, Jim Ryan cited difficulties juggling his home life in Europe and work responsibilities in North America. 
After 30 years, I have made the decision to retire from SIE in March 2024, he said. I've relished the opportunity to have a job I love in a very special company, working with great people and incredible partners. But I found it increasingly difficult to reconcile living in Europe and working in North America. I believe having been privileged to work on products that have touched millions of lives across the world. PlayStation will always be part of my life and I feel more optimistic than ever about the future of SIE. I want to thank Yoshida-san for placing so much trust in me and being an incredibly sensitive and supportive leader. Sony Group CEO Kenichiro Yoshida said, Jim Ryan has been an inspirational leader throughout his entire period with us, but never more so than in overseeing the launch of PlayStation 5 in the midst of the global COVID pandemic. That extraordinary achievement made by the entire SIE team has been steadily built, up, built on, and PlayStation 5 is on track to become SIE's most successful console yet. I'm immensely grateful for, to Jim for all his achievements. Respecting Jim's decision to finish his long career at Sony leaves me with an important decision regarding his succession, given the significance of the game and network business business services business. We have discussed intensively and have determined the new management structure. We aim to achieve Sony Group's further evolution and growth through, bring, through bringing even greater success to the games and network services business. The upcoming interim CEO of SIE, Hiroki Totoki, added, I would like to express my heartfelt gratitude to Jim Ryan for his astounding achievements and contributions over his 30-year career at Sony, including the great success of launching the PlayStation 5. The PlayStation business ma managed by SIE is an essential part of Sony Group's entire business portfolio. I will work with Jim and the senior management team closely to ensure our continued success and further growth. I am also looking forward to creating the exciting future of PlayStation and the game industry together with everyone at SIE and his business partners. Ryan has overseen the PlayStation business since 2019, including the launch of the PlayStation 5. The British exec has worked at Sony's PlayStation division for nearly 20 years and previously served as the boss of SIE's European division and the head of global marketing. He's also known for his often unpopular statements, such as in 2017 when he questioned why anyone would want to play older PlayStation games. This news, Sebastian, I almost did a backflip when I heard that he was stepping down because I'm going to leave the pos I'm going to say the positive out of the way. He has been with PlayStation since the original one. He he helped launch uh PlayStation back in 1994. He has been with the with the brand like not as a CEO, but kind of like head of global marketing helping like launch every single system that they released. In fact, it was through him being like made head in Europe like during the PlayStation 3 era, the worst era of PlayStation. Europe was the only place where the PlayStation 3 was dominant. Like in the United States, the, P the PS3 was getting kicked the shit out of them by the 360. It was like, the difference was like astrono astronomical. It's like the vibe of the PS3 was just bad. But in Europe, he helped make that brand like be be, be strong and is their, their worst generation. So he's done some good stuff. And as he's been CEO, he has managed like uh, to expand the, the company, they've acquired a couple things like Bluepoint and Housemark were acquired under his tenure. Uh, they have they, they added Bungie recently also, kind of as, as, an, as a strategic like acquisition for to help them in their ill-conceived plans. So, and under his tenure, the PlayStation brand has, like what we were talking about, how is it so successful? How are they selling so much? Like, I feel that's inertia because the PS4 set that foundation, he just like, kept the kept the template going so he did all that however ever since he uh took over as uh, in, in 2019 what happened in 2019 sony stopped going at e3 they have become radio silent they they they, they kind of like took on a holier than thou attitude that we're above everyone 
we're not going to talk to our fan base. We're going to be contemptuous enough that we're going to go an entire year without like telling us anything because we're fighting acquisition from the other guys and saying stupid like lying statements that we know if we're lying and being like if, if call of duty is like like goes to microsoft it will be the end of our business like kind of like throwing under the bus like what has made you strong in the first place and all that sending emails like oh my favorite we believe in generations like if we um if, if we go if we go to the uh To, to, to the lengths of creating a new system is because we want to make like games exclusive to the new system. Three months later, oh yeah, our exclusives are both on PS4 and PS5. Like, his CEO tenure in Sony was like a laughing stock from an optics perspective. I think you're muted. I don't know if I can... So. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been rough from an optics standpoint, like you were saying, yeah. but like, yeah, it's... Man, ah, uh, it's... I wonder though, because like, you know normally like big wigs like these don't don't necessarily retire unless there's uh -huh. a scandal so yeah. it, you know i'm almost like wondering if there's a scandal we don't know about or if like this is truly like him saying man i need a break man i've, yeah. I've been working too long you know yeah like because 30 years in the company that justifies that is just the timing of things it's like yeah i i, I would say um maybe they finally smell it's, it's kind of like, like, like what we're saying it's like this has been an interesting year like the between the quality of things being released and the things that have been happening behind the scenes have you noticed that 2023 has been a, a year of like double economies and we have another story further that kind of like further further dev, uh, delves into that but yeah. i know the live service initiative was like pushed hard under him Yeah, it's crazy, man. I, 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 you yeah. know, I hate that. Yeah, and I, I know you're. Yeah, and I hate it too. Like, I don't need anything, any other live service other than Destiny. I have my thing. I don't need anything else. I don't need that market. Like, the the live service is like the bubble is bursting, and things are even canceled. Another story for further down in, in, in our docket. But it's like some of the business decisions that have been happening under under Jim Ryan has been like optically eroded all the goodwill that was built upon on the PS4. Blockbusters only. Where are where are all the uh, uh, innovative games or like unique games that PlayStation was known of? Under Jim Ryan, Sony Japan was closed, and only Asobo, the team that made uh, Astro's Playroom, Astro it's still yeah. In, yeah, it's it's still it's it's still in the it's still in the building. But it was like their ex dev initiative. It was like they had this uh, kind of second party like farm. Where they were like try to find like these games that they want to get exclusive that were not under the first party, uh, under first party like supervision was like that mm -hmm. got dissolved. Like that's not a, like, that got dissolved under him. The price hikes happened under him. The like especially like last year when they price hiked the PS5, which the Xbox eventually like due to inflation eventually got there, but it was like in the worst of that they were the first ones to just like so nonchalantly like raise the prices. Yeah. And also, the raising the prices of the PS Plus happened under him. Yeah, it's like so. So it's like a lot of negative stuff has been happening under under his CEO leadership, and he he, it's under him that I attribute like, it's not fun playing on PlayStation. It's not fun celebrating PlayStation stuff. It happened because of him, because it's like all the innovations that were or the things that it didn't feel like they were innovating. They were just like. Uh, staying stagnant and getting too cocky and especially to me like what undid him was the two punch uh 
attitude, well, the things that he he wants to say to Brussels for to try to block uh, Activision Blizzard King, and mm. uh, now it, it fully exposed that it was all a lie. Like all their worries were just like that was just kind of like grandstanding. But yeah, enough grandstanding that you screwed your fan base for an entire year, like not saying anything, like uh, building like uh, building like anxiety when we went an entire year without a showcase, and. Yeah. And, and and then on top of that, the Roe v. Wade thing. Do you remember this? Like no, when Roe v. Wade. Was, so, so so when uh, the Supreme Court of the United States uh, finally like uh, rolled back Roe v. Wade, uh, he sent an, an an email memo to all his studios, and be like, oh yeah, like I don't want you all to like be talking about this. I don't want oh, you to. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to, to be talking about. That. Everyone has their difference of opinion. You should respect the difference of opinion. By the way, I want to tell you about my cats. I was oh, looking yeah, at my cast last that. night, so it was uh-huh. like it was this guy. <laughs> so, so it was like, do you ever like optically? I can't think of worse times for PlayStation. Enough so that I'm like, I attribute the uh, bad optical games as for why you don't hear more praise for games like Horizon Forbidden West or even God of War Ragnarok. Why would you? Like when you have who that do, dark cloud. Who do you want to take over the position? Personally, Shuhei Yoshida. Okay. Like, yeah, I would love that. Like, obviously, like um, I'm not the only one that said that. Dwayne Miller was at first when this broke. He was like, "Put Shu as the head." It's like Shuhei Yoshida, long tenured. Uh, he's been long tenured over at Sony. Uh huh. When he was overseeing first party, late PS3, early PS4, golden times. He understand. Yeah. He understood the business, on top of like understanding like what gamers want. He was likable. He still is likable. I love sometimes, like, obviously they put him, like, the things that then uh, they basically demoted him and put him under over indies, while Herman Holst, who uh, kind of, like, took over, like, first party development and all that. Uh, under Herman Holst, they've stayed the course, but, it, it, it like, Sony as a whole, like, in their exclusive has just felt colder, in a way. I would hope Shuhei would be, they, they would, like, see that they have someone in Shuhei and they would live, put him as CEO because I don't think of anyone that actually loves games like him. Jim Ryan, he pretended to love games, but the way yeah. he talked about them, like when they asked him in an interview in 2021, I said, so what are you playing uh, recently? So I am playing this recently released exclusive by Insomniac Games, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart for the PlayStation 5. Who talks like that? Yeah, like, it, sounds, who, it sounds robotic. It sounds... Exactly. It's, 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 it's like... It's so it robotic. It's so corporate. They had a corporate suit overseeing Sony. How that's how PlayStation has acted. They have to feel grateful that the foundations of the PS4 under Sean Layden and Shuhei Yoshida around that time were so strong and had such goodwill because that kind of corporation, that Don Matrix style, like corporates. Yeah. How that yeah, hasn't hurt yeah, how how that hasn't hurt them? It's because of like the strength of the brand at all, and kind of like um, it, it PlayStation has ha- kind of hit that Nintendo era of like it's it's been like the brand has been like existing for over close to thirty years now, so it's like it has that nostalgia. So a lot of people just have that association. That's the only reason why all this bullshit that has been happening under Jim Ryan hasn't hit them. But I do wonder if they're starting smelling that things were like going awry, because it's I like wonder the li- the live service things like how we saw those games. I'm like. Ugh. Remember fur games? Remember Conquered? Yeah, I you know, I I think he only had so much power in that. I think that's uh, a very much like a boardroom boardroom yeah. type of 
decision for the live service part that i i don't want to give him the blame for that part mm -hmm. because i'm like yeah. i'm sure it wasn't just him dr evil sal saying uh -huh. you totally do love service games you know yeah i, I think I, I think it's more like um he presented to the board of vision and the board bought full because yeah. I, what the board wants is what, what's gonna make like jim ryan was all about what's gonna make us the most money how we're gonna nickel how we're gonna be nickel and diming our fan base to pay paid upgrades for old games like like it's like under Jim Ryan is the nick has been the nickel and diming era of PlayStation where before remember Crossby back on the yeah. PS4 like it was like you get a PS3 version you're automatically get a PS4 version and a Vita version like mm -hmm. the pro consumer era of Sony like died when Jim Ryan took over and him being like the money guy wanting like to like uh, maximize like uh, the profits of the business and all that oh how are we gonna like uh, build up the the profits live service because they're like yeah. they see four so it's like i at the video that's exactly what happened and now as we're seeing games be canceled or like live services crash and burn mm -hmm. and then seeing their development pipeline suffer massive delays because no one's gonna like convince me otherwise that the last of us factions was not gonna come out this year like i believe that for like like in the 10th year anniversary of your like one of your crown jewel ips yeah. that got an hbo show like and you didn't have nothing you uh -huh. didn't have a damn thing exactly that year. and 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 you come you, you came and went we we recorded your episode in, during the last of us day mm -hmm. came and went with nothing it's like and then the reports that we heard that uh because they acquired bungie and bungie's kind of like assessing uh how their live service games are going and then be and then basically like lifting the red flag and be like there's something wrong with factions like doesn't have the stickiness and then like we heard that that product was then scaled down after it was a no-show at the showcase would you That's have what... bought Bungie to begin with if you were if you were in his shoes yes because it's like no like who was at the advent of live service this this past generation Bungie so, so I, I'm just asking because I'm like it seems like you know I would argue that you know like Epic and Fortnite were, uh -huh. was the first things I think of when I think of live service but like the thing is that know, they were the, they were the biggest breakout they were the yeah. first one the, the, the first one to enter the live service uh, era was Bungie with Destiny in 20 yeah. in 2014 Fortnite became big a year after Fortnite released in 2017 and 2018 which by the third season suddenly it was like a side guides thing yeah so so it's I like, get that yeah so so in a way it was a smart purchase if that was their like in, in their pursuits and all that, uh, in their pursuits of trying to like attempt all these live service games, the thing is that maybe they finally saw that, yeah, this is, is this probably like, are, are we diving into a bubble that already bursted and we're just gonna do that? And on top of these stress, like when you see that, the stresses of Jim Ryan saying that he, he is English, he's from England. Yeah. And, but him as CEO, that's like Sony for some reason decided to make California, they're like, uh, their central their hub, their headquarters. Yeah. It, it didn't used to be that, so so it was like then on top of doing that, maybe seeing like the the the, the, the initiatives that were put forward, we're not doing well. PSVR two, he pushed heavy for PSVR two to launch now when it was the market was not ready for it, and look where PSVR two is now. So maybe yeah, it was it see, it, yeah. So, so it was like it, they were seeing all of this and on his age and all that, and then at the whole ABK thing kind of like not going for them. I could see that he used the opportunity to be like this is too much like the industry from behind the scenes is seeming very volatile the playstation 5 is super successful right now i'm already at my five years of being ceo because 
this is something that I learned. CEO contracts last for five years. Mm-hmm. And for example, Sean Lading be- became CEO in 2014 and left in 2019. That was also five years. Yeah. So it was like, it, it was it being put in the impasse of like, do I want to do this for another five years? Or do I go out on top now? Even though I see so much, such of the volatility. That's, I think, what happened. And I tell you, when so many people celebrated his exit, that's when you know. Like, yeah. even though there's been many people from development that are thanking him, that say that, yeah, it's like, he was a really nice guy. He gave us a lot of, that's the thing. Like, I believe that to a certain extent, but I feel he was just not a great CEO for PlayStation. Like what it's done for the brand, uh, for the brand uh, optically, that I feel mm-hmm. that it's left some wounds that right now are being covered by the fact that inertia is making the PlayStation 5 sell a lot, but it's the kind of wounds that were fails, similar. Yeah. You, 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 feel, you feel them and there's no no wonder why a lot of people are rooting for Xbox yeah. because of that for, for that same reason. Uh, I get it. I, I want Xbox to do well just because, just because like not only am I like a, a person who has all the consoles, but like I also want them to do well because I feel like it will help PlayStation like get yeah. back to their glory days as well. You know, and in fact, because Xbox was doing so well in 360, that's why we got the PlayStation we got. Yeah. The result of PS4 was Xbox doing so well that that uh, PlayStation needed to step up. After fall, after the fall for, from grace, and that's where we got the golden era that was 2009 to 2019. Those ten mm-hmm. years. Why 2009? Uncharted 2, and Infamous, and Killzone, and Little Big Planet. That was a year before, but it was kind of like the tide change for PlayStation was Uncharted 2, and yeah. then releasing the PS the PS3 Slim, and that was under Jack Tredden. And even though then they had to like fell even harder. Because of the place, the 2011 PlayStation Network outage that lasted a month. Remember that? Yeah, for that sure. La- the laughing stock that was the PSN outage that was like brutal for, and especially like 2011 is always going to be a tragic year for PlayStation because that was the year where all the chips aligned because it was like we got all the exclu- exclusives when Microsoft has nothing. We got Absolutely our Uncharted nothing. 3, we got Resistance 3, we got Killzone 3, Infamous 2, Little Big Planet 2, SOCOM 4, Motorstorm Apocalypse, The Last Guardian. That was like everything that was like in the docket that year and the only thing about your memory man yeah it's like i you remember 2011 so well like, you spouted those off like it was nothing i would have had yeah. like man this one and this one <laughs> yeah and imagine one. imagine they had all that catalog in the year that gave us skyrim gears of war 3 portal 2 crisis 2 dark souls rage like assassin's creed revelations rayman origins that was the kind of lineups we had in 2011 and a lot of those games were on playstation but what happened 20 the 2011 if, hack completely destroyed the momentum and the 361 that year somehow with you, only gears of war 3. if shuhei would have bought if shuhei would have been president this last generation do you mm. like and they had to make an acquisition uh, acquisition do you think they would have still got bungie or do you think they would have uh, no. moved on to another company no no because it's like um this is something that it's said a lot in the Sacred Symbols podcast, so I want to yeah. give them like a, because it's like Sony, the way they did their acquisitions was always organic growth. Mm-hmm. Always like working with them in the second party capacity, i.e. Insomniac. That one took a while because they've been working for, with Insomniac since like Spyro back in, 20, in in the PS1 era. Court, a long courtship and then put the ring on it. Bungie yeah. was like something they bought because they needed a live service thing. And, and that... that- in that case, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, by the way. In that case, what you were mentioning earlier, it seems like Square would have been a better buy for them at that point. Yes, if Square was for sale. 
Yeah. And that's the, it's, uh, and, and that's, that's the thing. The only reason why big publishers have been bought is because Microsoft has the bankroll money and the two publishers that Microsoft bought were because they were in trouble. Bethesda was in trouble because they were in the Fallout 76 era of them doing live service stuff, completely like ignoring their strengths because their single player games were not selling, so they needed yeah. to make money. So they were like, also like in the Lord Cognito uh, meme, like they were living pay check to check. They had check to check energy, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So they, so 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 it was like uh, they did. They were in dire straits. So Microsoft came in and be like, uh, "You need help? Here's all yeah. this cash." And of course they were like, yeah, we'll take it. Why why was Activision on sale? The lawsuit we all have forgotten about. Yeah. The the big law the, the sexual harassment lawsuit in 2021. All over every and that's still ongoing. The thing is that the news cycle has been like smothered by the acquisition talk. But that was the only reason why Microsoft acquired Activision, because it was like they're weak, they kinda wanna sell, we kinda have the money, let's try attempt that. Yeah. So well, when Sony buys studios because they have seen that it fits what they want to do. They work for them for a while, and then they put the ring on it. That's how they got Naughty Dog. That's how they got Sucker Punch. That's how they got... Uh, they even, like, uh, Gorilla. That's how they got them, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, they worked with, like... They did this non game this Viet Cong game in 2004, but then they were like, we kind of need a shooter to compete with Halo. Do you want to do something for us? And that's where Killzone happened. And then oh, after yeah, Killzone, yeah. That's, that's how they, they acquired them. So it was like, there was prior relationships. In a way, like... Microsoft buying Bethesda was actually organic in a way because Bethesda's games always play better on Xbox. Bethesda games always got the content better on Xbox. Let's not forget Skyrim PS3. So it was like Skyrim was a de facto 360 game back in 2011 because of the Skyrim PS3 fiasco. So that's why I'm like, yeah, that was the only organic one. But Sony was like more organic with how they were buying their studios. Even like with Insomniac, Insomniac was a big holdout. They didn't want to be purchased. It's just that then the massive success of Spider-Man finally like elevated their value and they got purchased afterwards. So mm-hmm. it was like, but all of that was like, um, they had history together. The acquisitions uh, that then started happening like Haven, Valkyrie, uh, Firewalk. It's like Haven and Firewalk specifically, they were announced as partners for PlayStation because they haven't even made a game. They were just being funny. They just decided to put the ring on it before. Like they even put out a game. Haven and Firewalk, the developers of Concord and Hey uh, and Fair Games, and 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 then like uh, something like Blue Point has history with PlayStation, dating all the way back to the God of War collection on PS3. They worked together before in remasters. Even Shadow of the Colossus, the remake from 2018, that was on my Blue Point under like Sony, so they had relationship. Housemark, Super Stardust, The Nation. There was history there. So it was like, these were studios that were considered PlayStation exclusive studios before, but they were not part of the family. So that's that, that, that was kind of like uh, how it happened. So, man, that's crazy. But yeah, so, I, but under Shuhei, I don't think they would, we would, uh, Sony would have grown like it did. And I feel like Sony grew, grew in studio capacity under Jim Ryan like it did because Microsoft started getting really aggressive. Like, after the after the Bethesda acquisition happened, that's when Bluepoint, that's when uh, that's when Housemark, that's when Nixus, uh, Firewalk, and 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 Haven happened in between that. Bungie was already like in the talks, but they solidified after the activation stuff. So it's like it, there are definitely plays that happened because the other one was like stucking up. They were amassing the army, so they kind of fell the focus, even though these things were not uh, organic. Okay, I get that. I can get that. So it's been a crazy 
a crazy week in PlayStation. Ooh, yeah. It feels like it's also been crazy in another forms of video game news, right? Yeah. Like the hack. Do you hear about the hack? Also, it's not it's not part of the it's not part of the news that I put in because it, it was like all the way back, but it was like they got hacked again, but they don't know if it's like a significant hack. There is they created like a bubblehead they 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 like talked to a bubblehead uh, company to like cease and desist like all merchandise that wasn't their IP or something like that. It's like so so weird it really like, is yeah so, such is so weird so yeah jim ryan hope you enjoy your rest i am yeah. not going to i'm not gonna i'm not gonna miss your fake smile or you holding that weird have you seen that picture of him trying to hold a ps4 controller yeah <laughs> so it's yeah, like it's so, it, it's, it was awkward it, yeah it's so awkward it's just, he was just not that guy so i just hope that sony uh they find the right replacement that knows business but he's a gamer. They better yeah, get another Sean Layden. So. Yeah, I was about to say, I find their Phil Spencer, so to speak. Mm hmm. Yeah. And one that doesn't speak out of the both sides of their mouth like Phil Spencer does. <laughs> but, that's a, <laughs> but, but that's a conversation for another day. So, story number two, just to kind of stay a little bit in the volatility of what's happening in the gaming industry right now, because we kind of sort of mentioned it, Sebastian. Yeah. So, st story number two by Chris Collion Epic Games is reportedly laying off 16% of its staff. Oof. So, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, uh, sorry by Chris Collion, uh, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reports that the company, which is responsible for the Unreal Engine and Fortnite, is laying off around 900 employees, which amounts to around 16% of its staff. The job yeah. cuts, the, yeah, the job cuts were announced in a memo staff from Epic CEO Tim Sweeney, in which he states that some of the layoffs will take place at its Bandcamp and Super Awesome Arms. Let me stop right there. They acquired Bandcamp last year. This is insane. That's so sad. Really, yeah, really irresponsible. So, continuing. For a while now, we've been spending way more money than we earn, investing in the next evolution of Epic and growing Fortnite as a metaverse-inspired ecosystem for creators. Let me pause right there. You know how much money Fortnite makes, right? Oh, Buku's. Yeah, the branch trucks came to keep up yeah. with Fortnite. Yeah, I think I'm going to get a stroke reading that. It's like, you're spending more than you earn? You're the biggest earner. Year in and year out. Not even close either. Yeah. Continuing. So, I had long been optimistic that we could power through this transition without layoffs. But in retrospect, I see that this was unrealistic. While Fortnite is starting to grow again, the growth is driven primarily by creator content with significant revenue sharing. And this is a lower margin business than we had when Fortnite Battle Royale took off and began funding our expansion. Success with the creator ecosystem is a great achievement, but it means a major structural change to our economics. Epic folks around the world have been making ongoing efforts to reduce costs, including moving to net zero hiring and cutting operating spend on things like marketing and events. But we still ended up far short of financial sustainability. We concluded that layoffs are the only way and that doing them now and on the scale will stabilize our finances. You know, that that just no. tells me it's like they're it's like no one's happy with being successful. It's you have to be ultra successful. You yeah, because no, like, it's yeah. At, the, at, at that certain point, it's like it's insane that yeah. that you said that you need financial stability when you earn billions of dollars sometimes in a month. On your stupid fucking skins. It's yeah, like this it's is crazy. this is this is great rampant. Um, the gaming industry needs to unionize at this point because it's like it is insane hearing like how much some of these companies earn and how many and how many employees suffer layoffs even despite that. 
Yeah, like, we, we really do need a better system in place um, to help employees, to help people, to help reduce crunch. There's a lot of issues going on. And I, you know, like, I know a lot of people say, a lot of people do that thing to where like, how, oh man, we're sorry to hear that these people got laid off. I think we need more action than just, no. oh, I'm so sorry. Here's a couple mm -hmm. of resources where people are hiring. Yeah. I'm like, we really need to encourage people to, you know, take a stand. Yeah. at this point it's, it's getting just out of control like this has been like it's kind of like i we chatted about this uh, before and i've said it before it's like what a double standard of a year this year has been where amazing games the most amazing cadence of releases we've seen in decades mm -hmm. probably similar to 2011 the last time i remember like this much happening with this much variety 2017 gets credit for that but i think this is even better than that than even 2017 oh, yeah but what was 2011's big like big big rampage of, of games were, were so they Unch like uncharted yeah uncharted 3 skyrim uh skyward sword dark souls uh gears of war 3 uh and a bunch of others uh so, okay yeah, i was so just was trying like, to i was trying to remember portal was, two, yeah portal portal 2 also so okay. seriously that was like that that was the trilogy capper year for for that generation many trees came out yeah <laughs> I still think this is a better year. If I'm yeah, this is way better. It's way better. I like my, a lot of the games that came out this year way better than the ones that came out that year. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so it's like you get this swelling like feast of games that we've gotten this year, where everyone got something. I remember you early on were iffy, and then eventually you got fed. It was like it was so funny. Everyone got fed this year, but yeah. developers are suffering. How many times have we heard? delays from literally everywhere even in this article it's like earlier this year microsoft confirmed plans to lay off approximately 10,000 employees including some at Be xbox and bethesda all of this happening while they're trying to spend 70 billion dollars to acquire activision blizzard by the way uh cdpr which we're going to talk about later uh they also announced plans in july to lay off around 10 percent of its staff with cd Pride ceo adam krasinski stating that a company wants to have teams that are more agile and more effective and then we had uh, layoffs at unity rad games blizzard crystal dynamics bioware and recently also striking distance the guys that made callisto protocol so it was like very like the volatility of like job security in the industry this year has just been really unacceptable i feel really bad especially because at, at a certain point it's like how does this keep happening when we hear all the big earnings that they keep having it's like I really do not believe that uh, it's just inflation at play. Like, mm. I really doubt that. Like, you think th that this management? Is, yeah, this is management and just straight up capitalism greed. That's just what it is. Because it's like, to me, the, the Fortnite one here, to me, is the most inexcusable. It's like, this is the company I want to hear the least about stabilizing finances. Yeah, uh, this is the company I want. Like that, that that excuse doesn't fly. And you know what's even funnier? Is apparently, like they try to attribute that apparently they uh, they received less money because they uh, they didn't earn as much on mobile because for people that don't remember, Epic decided to sue Apple. Or did you remember the whole Epic versus Apple thing from like 2020 that they, that Apple removed Fortnite from the store because uh, they offered like a payment system outside the Apple store and all that, and then like. 
uh, Tim Sweeney and, and Epic used that as an opportunity to sue them and they made like this weird 1984 uh, style propaganda video saying that they were like taking the fight to Apple to court and they lost significantly because they violated Apple's terms of services. They spent so much money trying to like fight that they're still fighting to this day, still that legal battle. That's crazy. Yeah. And now you're laying people off. It's like, fuck off Epic, like for real. So Man, this is so, it's a shame. It really is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's sad and it's a shame and something yeah. has to be done because like it's, it doesn't seem like it's getting better anytime soon. Yeah, because it's like, it makes me fearful that this year is just going to be a flash in the pan for like the game, for, for game releases. And then like if more developers keep like laying off or closing and all that, what's going to happen to the industry afterwards? It's like, it's like they're dangerously flirting with like game crash, even though it doesn't seem like that. But it's like, you, you, it's hard to overstate that it's like seeing the success that we're seeing of many games selling and what they're releasing and the volatility of what's happening for the people that are making them. It's like, it doesn't like they do, those two things don't compute and that's been happening this year. So I'm almost okay with like, with a year we've, we've had this year. I know, uh -huh. I know this is going to rub some people the wrong way. I'm almost some okay break. if, yeah, if no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if, if no game came out next year, like if everything yeah. got canceled or like postponed because of a strike at that point, uh -huh. I'm like, I think I'd be okay with it. Cause I'm like, we got, we've been eating good all this year. Oh yeah. And then, and yeah, and I'd imagine people all, get the rights. And, and imagine many games that you didn't even play from 2021 or 2022. That's what people don't realize. There's so much. Yeah. So it's just an industry that always always looking forward. And that is cool because it's always exciting new thing. But that's the problem of trying to live and be part of the conversation of things because you can just miss and stuff. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, but staying a little bit on the volatility of the industry. Story number three, Sebastian, uh, also by Chris Collin. Capcom's president thinks it's games should cost more. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Capcom? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, let, let me read this up. According to a report by Nikkei, ha ha Haruhiro Sushimoto was speaking during the Tokyo Game Show about several topics, including the increasing cost of game development. Sushimoto reportedly said that he felt game prices should reflect these increasing costs and that they're currently too cheap. Personally, I feel like game prices are too low, Tsuchimoto reportedly said. Development costs are around 100 times higher than they were in the days of the Famicom, but the price of software hasn't risen much. There is also a need to raise wages in order to attract talented people. Given that wages are rising across the industry as a whole, I think the option of raising unit prices is a healthy form of business. While some publishers have started charging $70 for their games, Capcom has yet to make this move. The standard editions of Street Fighter VI and Resident Evil 4 Remake each cost $60 at launch. Capcom has announced last year that it would be raising its employees' base salaries by 30% and introducing a new bonus system more closely tied to the company's business performance. Elsewhere in the case article, Sushimoto also reportedly said that he didn't feel the current economic climate was affecting video game sales, saying, Business confidence and high prices have little to do with the games industry. Just as the recession doesn't stop people from going to the cinema or going to their favorite artist concert, high-quality games will continue to sell well, he said. Even during the Lemon Brothers collapse, games sold well. Capcom stock price hit a new all-time high of 5,270 yen in May and has broken his record numerous times since then, reaching as high as 6,520 in July. In his financial research covering the year ending March 31st, 2023, the Resident Evil publisher said it had sold 41.7 million games during that 12-month period, breaking its record for the most games sold in a business year. So, games are too cheap, Sebastian, oh, but... I also don't agree with what he's saying about like, yeah. games, like concerts and movies. I'm like, yeah. 
m- people are going to the movies less and less. I'm like, yeah. there's only so many blockbusters this uh, year. Oh yeah, oh yes, oh yeah. And especially like this year, we saw so many box office bombs. Yeah. Concerts, I do believe, because or at least just when it comes to Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. I'm like, Taylor Swift and Beyonce are the only concerts yeah. you hear about people like rapidly going to. You don't hear about anybody else though. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But- so I'm like. To me, it's like it's very disingenuous to say that games are too cheap when you're the one that still has hold off from pricing your game seventy dollars. On top of that, like by doing that, you're selling a lot. All we talked in our in your episode uh, from Tuesday is like, who do we think is one of the six like top developers currently in this generation? Capcom, yeah. because of output and quality and 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 their and their financial success in their output is seen there. I'm like. Something is really like I'm really curious, like what development costs is this? It's like how out of whack development costs must be if uh, you sell it for the 1.7 million games. Imagine if a lot of those sales were it's at sixty dollars a pop. Make the math. Also, in twelve in twelve months. Also, can we be honest here? Like Capcom has Capcom created their engine. All their games are running in that same engine. They don't have to pay. They don't have to pay licenses. No, and then yeah. on top of that. I'm no, I've not seen a Capcom game to where I'm like that's a top ten looking game of the year. Whereas uh, like visually Resident, speaking, wait, Resident I played Evil? I played <laughs> RE4. I played RE like seven, eight, one, two, three, and four. Like you know, I would like, say I've, two and I've two, two and four. Two and four are ones that I would say that seven not so much. Eight a little bit, but do do you think they look better than like a Horizon for Ben West? No Horizon because difference. Any anything made by Sony an exclusive wise, like yeah. they're they're always that step a step up. But for third parties, I would say they're like up there for uh, third parties. Yeah, third not everything. Yeah, yeah. Just for like who, who's making like third party like engines and all of that. I would say the rest the RE engine is like up there. Like I on think top it of, looks like, nice. I just it has a grimy grit looking to it. That's a part mm-hmm. of like the charm of it. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily call those like. I, I would be shocked if someone said this is the best looking game of uh, uh, any of the RE games is the best looking game of the year. Uh, that was uh, RE2 won that. Uh, not RE4 would not win that this year, but I would consider it as like one of the better looking games this year, especially you since so? uh, yeah. But uh, other games look better. But it's definitely like in the nicer echelon. If, if we have to put the top five, I would put it at number five. It's still good company. <laughs> so if you know, obviously like obviously like uh, CDPR with Phantom Liberty currently, I would say that's the best looking game this year. Uh, yeah. My other one, like favorite looking game this year, was uh, Final Fantasy 16 from a scale. Like especially like, yeah. when that game goes big, it's like it's it has detail and scale that's like unrivaled. But uh, and, and then and, and then already uh, the the RE engine allows like nice fidelity, like a, a nice kind of sort of photorealism, and it runs really well. Also like and always always their games are very consistent 60 frames performers. So so I would say it's like their their engine is like. Up there, it's not the very, very best, but it has produced like bang, and like it has produced like. Uh, you think like, like uh, RE4 looks better than Armored Core? I would say yes in okay. in, in some specific areas, but like I would say Armored Core has a better art style. That's different from an engine. Uh, yeah, I'm just talking about like uh, overall presentation. Then, mm-hmm. like, I'm not even just saying, oh, you have a custom yeah. engine. I'm just talking about overall presentation. Which one? If I if you came, if like you had a person come over and you mm-hmm. were showing them the power of a PS5 and how good games look, would you show them RE4 or would you show them Armored Core? I surely I would show them RE4 because of like some of the quality oh, of like faces and all that. Especially because the, the people that I know that are more snobby care more about those little details. I feel like Armored Core is 
prettier from a more like evocative i want to like something that's more pleasing to the eye to me in a way especially when it comes okay. to art style so so i, th I think it's a uh, definitely preference i would i would say like hogwarts legacy or 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 are you for damn you just stopped me there because i feel like in spots hogwarts legacy looks really pretty especially yeah. outside hogwarts and so and so that yeah i would give, i would give it to hogwarts in this in this case because also like uh re4 has great fidelity but it's like its environments are very pedestrian so okay like um another one i was thinking of like you know i'm not gonna go all day with this but dead space yeah. would you say re4 looks better than dead space actually uh i think dead space looks beautiful I, th I think Dead space looks slightly better yeah and so I'm like, Dead Space looks better to me. I, you know, that's I why I said, that's why I said like the fifth. If you see what I said, like kind of like a top five, I put it. I, I put to me it's like it goes uh, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy, uh, Dead Space, and uh, Hogwarts, and then that's like the five. Like right now, fidelity wise, obviously Spider Man's coming, so that can sneak in there. I, I assume it will be just from what I've seen. I was so. just talking about third party. So that oh, yeah. oh yeah, no. oh yeah, third party. Yeah, but first party again is like a, a different yeah. level. So third party, like, yeah. I think Spider is going to be the best looking game of this year, probably. But they yeah. like, so it fits. So if you, if, you, if you see what I mean, it's like it's it hangs in the five. It's just not the very best, but hanging in the in, in good company for yeah. how much they sell and all that. I feel MK they have a really good engine. M we, I'm like, we ain't even mentioned MK1. Crap. <laughs> yeah, MK1. Yeah, MK1 is like a really impressive looking game. In fact, I would, I would argue even it looks better than even Hogwarts because it like has some really intense, like intense. I'm like, the, I think like, okay, so that would to me knock knock it out of the knock that out of the five there. In, but, yeah. then, but then you like, I then like depending on your preference there, you got Remnant two and Liza P, which looks good. Mm. And yeah, I'm like, I, yeah, Ooh, yeah, it's, it's available there. So there's a lot of great, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of great looking games this year. I'll give you that with that. Uh, when RE2 came in, it was a clear winner, but that was in, in 2019. And mm -hmm. for Resident Evil Village in 2021, in a year not very known for like a lot of great lookers, it stood up strong in, in a visual style. Yeah. RE4 definitely has more competition this year, but I would say, I, I would argue it's like that engine has proved very versatile and their games are always nice looking, regardless of like in many in many ways even though then like that engine is used to something like street fighter 6 is more cartoony in nature i don't think it's pretty but it's like it's not attempting to be because it's more mechanical yeah for sure yeah so, that's why i didn't even say things like mm -hmm. a hi-fi rush or anything oh yes it's, it's a <laughs> it's cartoony mm -hmm. like our store mm -hmm. but like even in 2019 i'm like i i think control looks better than re2 yes in art style uh re2 i felt was more considered remember uh control was like a horrible performer but also yeah. again different it's, it's different so yeah for sure but mm -hmm. yeah but no, i mean yeah that, that's the that's the thing is like i and going back to our main point it's like uh -huh. i sort of like i don't necessarily know if i i don't know if like the market warrants or the market quality and what they're putting out and with that engine warrants a 70 dollar price increase I'm like, i would say that like i would say it does in a way because it's like it hangs there. There's obviously better looking games, but it's like their games are almost a better tech. Like Hogwarts looks better, but RE4 is a better performer. Like it's yeah, more sure. stable. It's like they have a level of polish that I feel like would justify that in a way. It's nice that they've been pressing it at 60. I, yeah. I, I do like that. I did buy the $70 version because it came with the digital and the logs upgrades to get like a better weapon early on. So I bought it. <laughs> I bought the expensive, expensive version just because I knew I was going to like it. So sometimes when I know I'm going to, it's like a game that deserves it, I pony up a little bit more. So yeah. 
I, I would say like definitely like their games do hang. This has been a really good year for visuals also. So mm -hmm. like we're not even talking about like in, ignoring the jankiness. Uh, Jedi Survivor was also a great looking game. So. Yeah, I didn't even bring that one up just uh -huh. because I knew like performance wise it wasn't exactly like, it, it, it puts wide it up there. It's so know? funny, right? I feel like because Hogwarts wasn't perfect, but visually I feel like it hanged more than that, uh, that's what I was saying. I was just yeah, like, that, I don't that, that Jedi. Know. Yeah, so uh, I think RE4 is a better game than all of uh, yeah. most of those games we mentioned. I just you know like whenever Visuals. we were talking yeah, about, we were talking like, about graphics, quality uh -huh. and mm -hmm. what because I was like visual quality and what would require a more like demanding employee workload and yeah. that's where i was getting at with the visual mm -hmm. thing you know yeah. like yeah was it the level of polish required that making your game run as well as it can almost like consistently and, and make it a really polished thing that does take a lot of manpower also more than uh, that one would think so yeah. and, and and a lot of the games that they release are definitely uh if uh, it's rare to release uh, to get a capcom game that's like busted oh, like, yeah, they, sure. yeah so, so it's like they did put it to work so it's so, like I would say also because they keep releasing PS4 versions. Like you still haven't seen like what already and a PS5 only already engine can do. Whereas uh, a game like Hogwarts Legacy, like initially was like developed for like the next gen systems and then ported down. And it then feels it was like a next gen yeah. game though. And, and, and then and then Dead Space remake was just made for the newer machine. So that's kind of like the one thing that I will give you that is like that 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 engine provides versatility that is they're, they're still like supporting cross-gen development. We still haven't seen just like what that machine would do. But I do remember the accolades uh, RE2 like one yeah. back then. So I was like it, it can hang and the versatility of it. I can't wait for just new gen only Capcom game to look like which then would allow them to raise the price. Oh so. yeah, for sure. I just, I, you know, personally huh? speaking, I haven't been blown away by a Capcom game as in like, oh, like, I think the quality of the game is good. I just mm -hmm. haven't been blown away where I'm like, oh mm -hmm. man, this is Cyberpunk 2077, uh -huh. like 2.0 good, you know? Yeah. Like where I can say like, wow, I need to show people this because this is Forza level good. This is mm -hmm. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart level, mm -hmm. like presentation. Yeah, good. I can see that. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like, it's an A tier when you have you you want to show the s tiers i think it's kind of where it's, it's, it's kind of where you are right i guess yeah uh -huh, yeah like, kind of like uh-huh because like, yeah I, yeah forza or uh, so forza horizon horizon because i'm gonna say horizon twice yeah, so for forza sure. horizon horizon uh ratchet and clank uh even dead space and cyberpunk i feel like are like those show stoppers at least just visual quality like showing like in the big screen tv and yeah, then uh, resident evil 4 this year is like this looks really nice it runs really well but it's like yeah they're definitely better looking games this year so i would even argue like i ghost of tsushima from years ago and it's peak oh, yeah. looks better than than re4 does today yeah and also the the exclusive kind of like tax yeah yeah, for yeah sure. so, so yeah that's why I, I that's why i usually do you remember when i was like pushing hard for hogwarts legacy as kind of like a, what i consider a standard for what i want licensed games to look i didn't include yeah. spider-man because spider-man has that like exclusive sony bump from production yeah. value quality but hogwarts being like hey it's a multi-platform game looking guys like i would expect games at least to try to hit this baseline just then in visual and visual splendor so yeah for sure for sure and, and I, i'm was... not dogging RE4 i think it's a good game yeah. it's not necessarily my favorite genre of games but mm -hmm. like i think it's a good game i just don't think like i'm trying to i as far as like 
justifying like what they're, they're them trying to raise their yeah. prices and all that yeah for sure and i get it the market the market dictates all games go up to 70 dollars. i'm fine with that you mm -hmm. get on par with the rest of the market yeah. it's I, I i actually have no problems with that at least from them yeah, I will. Love to, on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, it's no. different. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We, we had we had that conversation, and thankfully, yeah. they only raised it one time. They yeah. haven't. It's like they did. They they did kind of like live up to their word. It been like they felt like a game as massive as Zelda deserved that price bump, and then nothing else has because they could have easily jumped everything and put a bunch of shitty games also at seventy bucks, but they didn't. So. Thankfully, they, they have any games worth seventy. Right exactly. Now. <laughs> and uh, other than just Zelda, that I argue is the only one that they're kind of like justifying a lot of people agreed but look how much it's sold but yeah like but just visually like i feel like i would love to revisit the visual conversation when we hear a new gen only uh re engine game because they still like support both because they still yeah, release ps4 version so, yeah so yeah. and then by, by the time that then we see the re engine just on unshackled completely from the previous gen i would love to have that conversation again but yeah it's like yeah, for sure like they have to me, it's like weird that they would say that because it's like, yes, I do agree that development costs have like risen. I know I've had that conversation with you that there's mm -hmm. like, a, there's like the why our favorite kind of game, the story based, story based kind of like uh, third person action adventure game feels like it's in peril because it's like they're taking way too long to make and the, and the prices are going up. And then like other kinds of games that are not that are like making more money. So the developers are kind of like at a crossroads of like, should we do this kind of game or should we... Uh, uh, whatchamacallit should we pursue the bag that's gonna make us more money it's gonna make us cost less and all that so that's been like the danger uh, that that's been kind of like in danger and i think this is kind of slightly hinting at that that maybe the development costs are definitely that high that even though you have sold 41.7 million games in 12 month period i don't know if that's just resident evil it is because you know there's a lot of games that they put out that is like at a certain point like, is it really that out of hand or it's again management manage yeah. manage, management issue problems and this is interesting confident because you would think that capcom right now would be the healthiest of all the japanese companies right now they haven't had any layoffs have they uh-huh no and in fact like what we how we read in the story that they said that they will raise their base salaries by their, of their employees that you do when there's more money coming in and you want to reward your talent so yeah i mean like if, if i'm looking at all their talent and uh, all the games like they they put out like monster hunter alone would probably like yeah. finance them pretty yeah. oh yeah especially when they announce a new one that's gonna be like easy yeah. easy easy money for them so, i'm like re is i'm like re is like a very very popular game but it ain't mm -hmm. monster hunter yeah <laughs> that's know? what's so funny monster hunter is the big one and the thing is street fighter 6 is not even that big either it's like mortal Kombat is a bigger fighting game it's like street fighter 6 is more beloved in the fgc community because it's a yeah. very technical so uh but it's, it's just never this massive uh sales of it. which by the way it's so funny like do you remember um uh, there was this brouhaha about this was Final Fantasy 16 a success or not? Like, uh, so yeah, I remember. Yeah, so so it was like uh, because Final Fantasy 16 sold, sold like three point three million copies in one week, and there was, uh, there was this journalist from Bloomberg, Takashi Mochizuki, trying to like paint that as like what a failure compared to uh, Final Fantasy 15, which was on two systems, and uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, which was an exclusive that came out at the end of the ps4 generation when there were 120 million systems in the wild i also think like yeah i yeah. also think the lifetime sales of like the uh -huh. 16 is going to be better just because it's a yeah. better oh, game than 15 you know yeah oh yes absolutely it's like it's not even, it's not even a question but then it was so funny because then 
Street Fighter, after a month, announced, hey, we're a multi-platform game. We sold 2 million copies. And, yeah. then, Resident, and then Resident Evil 4, a multi-platform game, at around that same time, we sold 5 million copies, also multi-platform. So everyone was like, okay. And Maybe we should. And we're, and, 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 no, and that's the thing. And people were praising that. So I was like, okay, so, okay, you're praising this fighting game that's multi-platform all these con and all the systems mm -hmm. selling in a month 2 million units and then also Resident Evil 4 which was 3 months in the market at that point 5 million units and then you dare say an exclusive in Final Fantasy 16 is a failure it's like it was like that there was a disingenuous uh, uh, going against Final Fantasy 16 because it was a PS5 exclusive again going back to the Jim Ryan of it all because yeah, everything sure. that everything associated with PlayStation has to be like extra criticism because of the cloud hanging over it. So it's like the the hypocrisy was real in that one, I, and I I fought hard <laughs> to like <laughs> clown the people that that there made that argument. So yeah, and then now Square said that they met expectations, even though they were like hoping that they were gonna try to reach the high because they lost so much money on Avengers and Forspoken. So it, it didn't it, it didn't quite save them. So difference but hey Final Fantasy 16 at least was a relative success it's gonna be a better success I guess it keeps moving forward second to last story Sebastian this one you can go dance on a life service body before it was it, it, it even hatched uh, Creative Assembly confirms plans to make redundancies after hyenas is cancelled the story by Tom Ivan parent company Sega announced on Thursday that it was cancelling the multiplayer shooter and some unannounced titles under development in Europe it also said it planned to reduce its fixed expenses in Europe with a focus on cutting costs at Horsham, England-based Creative Assembly. In a new statement, Creative Assembly has confirmed that it has begun a redundancy consultation access process in some areas of its UK operations. This may unfortunately result in job losses, it said. We fully understand that this has a significant impact on our people, whether they are directly affected or not, which we are truly sorry for. We have always aimed to operate as a people-first studio. That is foundational to our values and culture. While we must go through this incredibly difficult process, we will prioritize supporting our people at every step. For those whose jobs are at risk, we will work to reallocate them into other available roles within Creative Assembly wherever possible and ultimately minimize any job losses. Our commitment to our products and players has not changed. We will deliver more incredible experiences to our players all over the world for decades to come. The cancellation of Hyenas has also been further addressed in a separate statement released via the game's official Twitter account. While the decision to cancel the project has not been made lightly, we know that doesn't make it any easier to accept for you or for us. We knew our plans were ambitious and we knew we were diving headfirst into competition with some of the greats, but we believe in the journey and we're proud to have taken every step along the way. We hope you'll join us in remembering an action-packed CRG chaos and the diehard community of players who helped us make it special. So, again, the live service, this was going to be a live service shooter. Uh, Dead. Before you even, when you gave me the description of it, I kind of remember what this was, but I didn't uh, even know what the hell this was. Hyenas? Yeah, hyenas, yeah. I think it was teased one time, like randomly at some random show. And this got two point, this got 2,066k subscribers on YouTube right now. Hyenas. Yep. <laughs> Didn't nobody in their mama want to play this game. Yep. And that's why it's dead. Why does it tell you, Sebastian? Is like, the thing we hate the most is dying. It continues to die. It sucks that it, it means that some people some people may lose their jobs. I'm glad that Creative Assembly at least are mentioning that they're going to try to reallocate uh, their staff at least to try to minimize jobs. But the thing is that some people are going to lose eventually. And then it's like, how often do we have to keep hearing of a live service failure before... I developers 
get it. I am so sorry to those people who might lose their jobs because mm-hmm. that is absolutely terrible. I've been laid off before. It never mm-hmm. feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I hope I do hope that maybe like we get smaller studios, very similar to a super giant and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things to where maybe maybe if we got more smaller studios that have like a smaller, more manageable like product management budget and such like that. I maybe we can minimize this in the industry. I'm not sure. I'm, you know, like, but I hope, I hope we can get past this um, layoff craze that we're going through right now. And I do hope that for the best for all the people affected by all this. Yeah, it just saddens me because I put myself in their in their shoes. I remember being laid off also in 2019, right before I yeah. started like getting more focused on, on on game coverage and all that. Well, that's when we opened Stata, uh, my, my our channel at Escape that used to be known as Statics. It was right, right at that point I got laid off, and then I started working for myself and doing this. So I feel that. So it's like, yes, yeah, like it just breaks my heart. Keep hearing that, but then in that case, for in, in hyenas cases, like pursuing a bubble that's like already either burst or it's like you know, like a bubble that's like close to have the thing open. It's like it's it's there right now. It's the like, people's popping. The people's popping exactly. So it's like people wake up. People no more like people already got their life services. It's like they already settled. Don't try to put another one. It's like you will have better success, like being like doing something out of the out of the game. Go do single player stuff. They're, that's more popular than ever because people want that. So, yeah, take. T- I, I'd rather you have a swing and a miss at single player game that could mm-hmm. have a long tail like success yeah. pro- like strategy years later then Mm -hmm. you die as a live service thing yeah because it's like that's just a constant fallacy and live service games sometimes take too long to make that then sometimes the fad has already passed Um, yeah or and then if you're doing a single player stuff do it in a way that's like reasonable and manageable like what happened with callisto protocol why like they're laying off people is like despite that game selling two million copies for a new ip that's incredible they missed their target by three million because they were expecting a minimum five million how yeah. in the world do you do that for a life for, for a new IP? It's like that's mismanagement. It's like yeah. people gotta like be realistic, like undershoot and then like go crazy with a sequel if then you find big success. Like don't don't go for the moon too early because then one relative flop will destroy you. And that's what happened to the Callisto Protocol people, and it was just so sad. Like it, yeah, it's like again weird stuff, but let's end on like slightly more positive, uh, but also kind of bittersweet news, Sebastian. Um uh, so also, story by Tom Ivan, Cyberpunk game director says 2.0 on Phantom Liberty are its last big updates. Uh, CD Projekt Red released uh, Cyberpunk 2077's much anticipated version 2.0 update last week, which overhauled many of its core systems, and the game's only planned expansion, Phantom Liberty, followed this week. While CD Projekt Red is still expected to address some issues with the game via minor updates, it's now, plan- it's now plans to switch its attention to other projects, including the game's sequel. 2.0 and Phantom Liberty are the last big updates. Amad Angelo told PC Gamer. We'll do a little bit, something more, but those are the last big ones. He added, then it's Cyberpunk 2. Or Orion, I should say. Whatever we end up naming it. So. I hope it's like Cyberpunk 2079 or something yeah, like that. Or <laughs> yeah, 2078. Yeah. Yeah, so at least now they know. It's like they, the beauty of like a limited shelf life, they worked three years in this game, they got it where it needs to be. Phantom Liberty is like a, a watershed moment for the game that makes with 2.0 has like finally people made realize uh, people realize that Cyberpunk really was a great game that just needed to have the diamond be cleaned. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm glad it's like they're not gonna be like, they, they, now they know it's like, okay, this is it. We got the full game, fully featured game, fully featured expansion, 
Game's done? We're moving to the sequel now. Like it used to do. Many developers used to do back in the day, right? How you... Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. What a, yeah. Novel, con what a novel concept. <laughs> I, you know, I, I yeah. sort of like that idea. It's a, mm -hmm. it's an oldie but tried and true concept, mm -hmm. you know? Maybe you get done with one thing, you go into the, the sequel of it. Yeah. Expand it once, and then and then you move on. Like, no need to... There's no need for games to have too extended of a shelf time. It's like, it's... I understand that some some people really want to monetize more, but it's like I could have easily seen them be like, "Oh yeah, Cyberpunk is our next platform for the next X Y Z years." I could have totally seen that. We don't need it to be like the Avatar in theaters where it got uh -huh. re-released, re-released over uh -huh. and over again. <laughs> nah, we don't need that. Yeah, and with that, that's the end of the news. So Sebastian, read me the game releases for the week of October first, October seventh. So yeah, we're in. We're done with the month now crazy okay okay give me one second let me um put Love on that. my spectacles here yeah let me put on my handy glasses mm -hmm. right here all right so we have game releases for the week of october 1st through october 7th 2023 we got is this Bilkins? Bilkins? Yeah, Bilkins, Bilkins Folly yeah. Yeah. for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, um, Switch, and PC, October 2nd. Um, October 3rd, you have Dezinga. Dezinga? Is that how you say it? Let me see. Disgaea? Disgaea, Disgaea. Disgaea 7. Those are the virtue of Virtualist. I never actually played one of those. So they're yeah, they're turn based RPGs. So if you oh, like that, better yeah. than Tales? Yeah. Different. Because okay. Tales has with the Tales has like that kind of like actiony combat when you go into like the the in, into the combat from I remember of Rise. So that definitely yeah. checks on betas. They're pretty much the same. So okay, gotcha, they, gotcha. they've done seven of those now. So yeah, Disgaea Seven, um, Vow of the Virtueless. Um, that's PS Five, PS Four, Switch, PC. Um, October third. Also October third, you got Scorn for PS Five, mm -hmm. Silent yeah. Hope for Switch and PC, and then um. And those are coming out October 3rd. October mm -hmm. 4th, you have um, Blossom Tale 2, The Minotaur Prince for X-Bone Series X and X, and also X-Bone 1, that is ah. <laughs> um, October 4th. You know, are you laughing at the word X-Bone? X-Bone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I like combining those. Uh, you know, I know. Assassin's Creed Mar Mirage, um, mm. PS5, Xbox Series X and X, PS4, Xbox, and PC. Surprised that's not for older consoles. Um, uh front mission 2 remake um for mm. switch october mm -hmm. 5th as well october 5th also has dark pictures anthology mm -hmm. um the little hope for switch also wargroove 2 for switch and pc uh, mm -hmm. all those are october 5th games october yeah. 6th for borderlands 3 gets a port yeah. to switch i can't believe that it's just now getting ported yeah i can't wait to see how it runs because surprisingly borderlands uh handsome collection borderlands 2 worked relatively fine on the switch all things considered so uh, but Borderlands 3, yeah, Borderlands 3 was more demanding, so I can't wait to see how it chugs. We're going to have another Mortal Kombat situation, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Detective Pikachu returns October 6th, and for Switch, obviously, because they ain't going to put no Pikachu game on any console. <laughs> um, NHL uh, 24 for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and X, um, PlayStation 4, and X-Bound. That is October 6th. Go NHL. Yeah. So from these games, my interest is definitely Assassin's Creed Mirage because that's my next review. Crossing fingers for the code because we put we, we put requests. So let's see how how that happens, and then uh, nothing else. Like it's waiting for Spider Man now. Yeah, and and yeah, Mario Wonder and, and Mario Wonder for me because those two games launch on the same day. 
Yahoo! Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot be it, real here. Nothing. <laughs> I ain't gonna play a damn thing. I'm just, yeah. just, I'm like, <laughs> that, and, I'm like, that's okay. Like sometimes, like some ways, we'll we'll have something. Some things. Sometimes they won't. Uh, definitely look at videos of this guy and see if that's something that maybe if interests you that you like RPGs. As far as I know, I, so, I love RPGs. Yeah, I, it's just that it's just one series that I've never really. Um, mm-hmm never really got behind i just like i looked at it and i was just like okay that mm-hmm. looks that looks cool but also yeah. you know like there's only so many hundred hour rpgs uh, you can play you know oh yeah especially right now especially we just got off of one we're like in the middle of another one so i think what's gonna be nice about spider-man is that it's gonna be so succinct they already gave us the time it's gonna be the same length as the original so that's a nice weekend i would say yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely gonna platinum it. They already revealed some of the trophies. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a Spider-Man platinum. If I remember, if I remember one. I think so. yeah, I think I'll, I'll mostly replace the Spider-Man games more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. So that concludes this week's episode of the Xbox. Sebastian, where can people find you? You can find me um, at the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. You can also find me, you know, um, laying the smacketh down on on everybody and all sorts of games, um, all sorts of games at, you know, the pronoreport.com where you can find my reading content. But Alejandro, where can they find you? They can find me at the Twitter slash X at A underscore Dorsegobia. You can find my Sometimes they can find me at Instagram at uh, and threads at all 93 and my current written content at seasongaming.com and my old content at thecriticalcorner.com. And hold on, they... did you um, breaking news? It looks like Blizzard is having a wave of layoffs as well. No way! Yeah. Holy, let me see. Okay, let me see. Like, um, but I mean, I don't necessarily know if, if it's a whole lot of people. I just saw uh-huh. like five people talk about okay. it on Twitter. Just all now. right, let me yeah, let me put Blizzard in the in the search. So let me see people you follow. Man, regardless, we wish. Um, uh-huh. Regardless yeah. of how many people have yeah. been laid off, uh, we we mm-hmm. hope the best for all those affected by all this. Yeah, again, it just keeps happening even from companies that. <sighs> They should be making all the money for that to not happen. That, that will never like, that will never not feel wrong. So, yeah, for sure. And then uh, continue like doing where you can find me. Uh, you will find me in Sebastian's show whenever this week's episode posts sometime in the next week, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'll be back because we're gonna go talk Spider Man. All things Spider Man. We're do we're mm-hmm. covering um, Spider Man um, twenty eighteen, I guess the uh, and the PS five version, and then we'll also be talking about Miles Morales, Miles Morales. Leading, yeah. leading up to Spider Man two coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta replay them real quick because they're relatively brief. I don't need to like do a bunch of side stuff for that. So, and I wanted to replay them. So, so can't wait to talk about them when never we reconvene. In your hold shop, on, so. hold on, on. Before we go, though, it, like it, we didn't talk about this earlier, but Cocoon, it, like a review so, round yeah, has come out. Yeah, I, I was, I was gonna ask you, like, if you heard about that game because I said I was reviewing really high. Apparently, it's like a puzzle adventure game. Yeah, it's a like puzzle that, adventure yeah. game. Right now, I mean, it, ten out of ten, ten out of ten, ten out of ten, nine out of nine, nine out of uh-huh. ten, nine, 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 nine. It's got better reviews than Starfield right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it's crazy. Yeah, but again, different games, different like uh, attempts. So, but it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. It so, is. 
Well, Sebastian, it was a pleasure. Thank you for covering for Paul this week. And everyone else that listened to this episode, well, I want to thank you so much. If you like what you hear, give us a like, subscribe if you want. And if you're in your audio service of your choice, leave us a review. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like, what you want to see. Like, can't wait to hear from you. And then enjoy the rest of this weekend and the, the rest of the end of this month. Play some games. Touch some grass if you want. And press X to play. Whoop, whoop. Hasta la vista, baby.